This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
Coming to you from the beautiful city of Angels, Los Angeles, California, where uh, I hate to break it to you folks in the Midwest and the East Coast and the South. Might have two Super Bowl contenders here. We will find out this upcoming weekend. Rams, Chargers, part of the discussion. NFL season is here. We'll talk some college football with David Shaw. They have a tilt with USC on the farm this weekend. David Shaw, head coach of the Stanford Cardinal, joins us in about 15 minutes. That's on Fox Sports Radio, the Fox Sports Radio affiliate that you're listening to, the iHeartRadio app, or foxsportsradio.com. Jay Glazer is going to join us for an entire hour in studio next hour. We'll go through everything, including Le'Veon Bell. Give you my thoughts on Le'Veon Bell and what in many ways was unprecedented. What we saw or read or heard yesterday from the Steelers locker room. Let's we'll work our way back to the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me start with the Falcons and the Eagles. These are the last two defending NFC champions. One team completed the task. The other team did not. Both got off to a big first half lead over the Patriots. The the Eagles actually succumbed to a Patriots comeback, but then found a way to separate themselves, then get one last turnover and beat the Pats in the Super Bowl, as opposed to the Falcons, who had a dominant season two years ago. They're up 28 to three. And I think you know what happened next. Also should be mentioned that the Falcons had a chance to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. This is after Atlanta got off to a slow start, Super Bowl hangover, uh, offensive coordinator change, and then got to be one of the hotter, if not hottest team in the National Football League or in the NFC late in the season. So they've met recently. They've both won big in the NFC. They both got into the Super Bowl. One team won one. One team lost one in just awful fashion for them. And they meet tonight in Philadelphia. What's maybe more interesting is, and I guess part of this is the fact the Eagles won their last game, is we haven't heard anything from Atlanta. Nothing. Crickets. Some of it is it's Atlanta. It's one of those teams that we only really cover when they're good. Some of it is the personalities, you know, Matt Ryan always says the right thing. And even though Julio Jones holdout only lasted a day, he wasn't forced to, and nor has he ever been an in front of the camera, me, me, me sort of guy. But some of it is also kind of the culture of the clubs, the culture of the city. Philadelphia has always been a little brother city to New York or to D.C., so when they finally win a title and the, who they beat to win the title, they puff out their chest and rightfully feel good about it. And they've let you know just how good they feel about it the entire offseason. Falcons, I haven't heard, we haven't heard hide nor hair from them. Can anybody remember any sort of memorable quote at all from the Falcons over these past two years? The answer is not really. I don't think any of this plays a part, plays a factor at all in who wins tonight. But here's something that's interesting. The defending Super Bowl champions are opening up at home against the team they beat last year with the same quarterback they beat them with. Granted, all Sean Jeffrey not going to play. And they're a one-point favorite. A one-point favorite means they're a neutral site dog. Usually get about three points for a home field advantage, and they are a one-point favorite. The pick em game. Vegas is telling you, hey, we think the Falcons are currently better. Then the Eagles. 
who had the NFL's MVP before he got hurt. We were told about the depth of their roster, how they're going to be even better this year with Jason Peters and others back from injury. Right? And part of the Falcons' struggles last year was, hey, it was first year under Steve Sarkeesian. They lost Kyle Shanahan to the San Francisco 49ers. They struggled with the, the offensive coaching staff change, which, oh, yeah, by the way, has happened in Philadelphia. Sure, Doug Peterson's back, but that offensive staff has changed. The coordinator is now a head coach. And, uh, and, and others are gone with them. Quarterback coaches in Minnesota, there has been a lot of change. So first week does not determine necessarily how good you are. But it does kind of set the tone for the season. Look back at other first weekends. Last year, the Chiefs beat the hell out of the Patriots. They did lose in the first round to the Titans, but the Chiefs once again got to the playoffs, won the AFC West. Year before that, it was the Broncos beating the Panthers. That was a Broncos team that didn't even make the playoffs. And that was the Panthers team coming off a Super Bowl loss to the Broncos, albeit with Peyton Manning. Year before that was Patriots beat the Steelers. The Patriots uh, would get the number two seed before losing to the Broncos in the AFC Championship game. Year before that, it's the Seahawks beat the Packers. The Seahawks lose in the Super Bowl to the Patriots after beating the Packers in the NFC Championship game. So there is some precedent. Hey, in 13, the Ravens beat, uh, the Broncos beat the Ravens. They would get the number one seed, had the best offense in the history of the sport at that time before getting beaten by the Seahawks. So, What's passed, it doesn't always mean these two teams will play, but in addition to trying to get Super Bowl or NFC playoff or AFC playoff rematches, they've usually picked out two of the elite teams. And of the past five years, four of the winners have gone to the playoffs. Three of them have gone deep in the playoffs, including two losing in the Super Bowl. All right, let's get to Le'Veon Bell. I don't know the difference in contract. I know what I'm told the contract offer has been from the Steelers, but but that that's filtered down news. Uh, that's a game of telephone. We are in a completely different era in sports. We are. We used to be in an era in sports in which players that held out were seen as the bad guy, seen as malcontents, and the team generally had some form of control over the media in that people took the team's side. Hey, these numbers are money that none of us could ever make. How dare you sit out and turn down money when there are guys on the street that would kill to make whatever you're making to play football, basketball, or baseball, right? And really, uh, holdouts don't happen anymore in the NBA. They don't happen anymore in Major League Baseball. They only happen in football. So Le'Veon Bell's uh, rep, his agent, went on a radio show yesterday and said, hey, we might wait till week 10. Le'Veon Bell is the only guy who hasn't shown up. Even Earl Thomas, ticked as he might be in the last year of his contract with the Seattle Seahawks, showed up at work. Here's what some of the Steelers' teammates, these are offensive teammates of Le'Veon Bell had to say. So I just felt confident that he was going to come, but now that he didn't, obviously it's Le'Veon over the Steelers, and we're, we're the Steelers, and we're going to play as the Steelers. Yeah, we've got a lot of weapons. Uh, we'd like to have them out there, but, but we've got guys that can make plays for us. 
In the ultimate team sport, we've created a, a league of individuals in a sense. And I know the league is all about get your money, get paid. I love it, but my perspective is a whole lot different now. I'm in year 10. This guy, what is Le'Veon about to go into year seven? You know, you're not getting younger, so win it, get paid next year. Have you ever heard this before? Have you have you ever heard three offensive teammates? Right, that was uh, who was the first one? First one was Pouncey, Marquise Pouncey, then Big Ben, then Ramon Foster, two offensive linemen, and and uh, DeCastro also spoke out um, against Le'Veon Bell. You got three or four offensive linemen and the quarterback saying, "Hey, dude." We get it. You want to get paid. You should be here, and we don't like it. Now, does does some of it come from the fact the Steelers think they're really close and the NFC is really crummy? Yep. Yep. Does some of it come from, uh, from the fact that they're part of the Steelers and everyone knows the Steelers have played hardball? Maybe not with Antonio Brown, but hardball with just about everybody else? Yep. Could you point out that running back has become a, a position that used to be overvalued and maybe now is undervalued? Sure. But locker room culture is don't ever talk about my money. And for four offensive players, three linemen and a quarterback to essentially talk about somebody not being there because of money and do so in a negative fashion in this era where media members, other players, teammates, everybody sucks up to the player and says they deserve to get money even when it's not going to bankrupt teamed teams, but it's going to completely shift how a roster is comprised for years to come. Like, look, here's how it changed. Media members are fawning all over themselves for this Todd Gurley contract, which was completely stupid by the Rams. The Rams may think they're getting ahead of the, the, the they're guessing the value of Todd Gurley but they didn't have to redo his contract for another year. Oh, we got out ahead of it. Way, way too far ahead of it. But we're in this era now where media members, friends of mine, colleagues, are just like, oh, he got paid? Good for him. Khalil Mack got paid? Good for him. Players are saying to have five offensive players, four offensive linemen come out and go like, dude, this Le'Veon stuff is nonsense. He should be here. That tells you their feelings about who Le'Veon really is. You can't fool players. It's a premise of this show. Can't fool them. They know who can play. They know who can't play. They know who's overpaid. They know who's underpaid. They know who's doing the right things, who's doing the wrong things. Just watch their reactions when a guy throws an untimely interception. If they love that guy and believe in that guy, they will have his back. And if they don't, they may not say anything negative, but they're sure as hell not going to go and hug them and say something positive. Can't fool players. This many offensive guys tells me that the guy you think you know in Le'Veon Bell isn't a Le'Veon Bell. There's some sort of nonsense to which how he handles himself, of which how he handles himself, and a lack of of understanding by so many of of the of how much the linemen and the offense and Big Ben and Antonio Brown have contributed to his success both financially and statistically. These players are telling you all you need to know that they're not in on Le'Veon Bell and has nothing to do with money. All right, got a good one this weekend in the Pac-12. Stanford, USC, 
What we, can we expect from Bryce Love? Really, really struggled because the box was loaded last weekend. What happens this weekend? And how do you game plan against a true quarterback who only has one tape you can throw in? We'll ask David Shaw. He's the head coach of Stanford. They take on USC. He joins us next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, he's one of the most respected men in football. He just happens to be a head coach at, at Stanford. Um, NFL teams have come calling, and he shunned them all away. And uh, there's a myriad of reasons, but weekends like this are just one of the reasons. He's David Shaw. He's head coach at Stanford. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coach, how are you? I'm great. I, I appreciate the uh, the notorious B.I.G. walkout music. That was uh... <laughs> That was awesome. I, I, you need that. At, you need that in the farm, right? You you need to have the team get introduced, fight song, and then you with little Big walking down go. through the tunnel. Would it's you be time okay? To play, huh? Yeah, it's time to play. Let's do it. All right, let's. Um, you reviewed your team's performance. I'm sure ad nauseum last week. How'd they play? I think we ranged at times from a B plus to a B minus. Um, it was a couple of C plus plays mixed in there. I thought defensively we played extremely hard. I think we played uh, well for the most part. We missed a couple tackles, which led to big plays, which led to points. And that's that's one thing we got to get corrected against an outstanding and explosive uh, USC offense. Um, offensively, hey, we we tried to run the ball a bunch of different ways, and they dedicated so many guys to the run. We had to open it up and to show that we're able to do it. Our quarterback can handle it. Our pass protection was outstanding, including Bryce Love, who probably had his best best game as a pass protector of his career. Um, and J.J. Sega-Whiteside went out and, and made some big plays. And we've got guys, we believe, that are weapons that can um, give them the right coverage and, the, and people to load the box so we can go back out there and make plays. You got a bunch. You just got a bunch of big dudes. Like, that, that was, there was some kind of unfair matchups out there that you're just throwing it up. And, and, and I mean, J.J. is just Debo and guys back there in their defensive backfield. Were they small or is J.J. that big? It looked like there was Kevin, Kevin Hart was covering him. That's what it looked like. <laughs> No, there there are a couple of bigger guys out there, um, but we we believe in JJ's ability, and we're talking about a guy who was Mr. Football, State of South Carolina, but also Mr. Basketball. Um, this guy's got unbelievable leaping ability. He's got hand-eye coordination. He's got great body control. Um, Kobe Parkinson made a couple plays in that game also. In yeah, a he's six, a big seven, old dude. In. Yeah, yeah. So I, you, you mentioned I tell our guys all the time I don't believe in fair fights. You know, <laughs> if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna fight, I want to fight a fight that we can win. <laughs> So, so you know, there were people when Bryce decided to come back, they're like, man, that's crazy. You run the risk of injury. You run the risk of a loaded box. You pointed out something that it's not sexy to talk about, and I know that a lot of people think your style's not sexy, but it's incredibly important for his long-term future that he's great in pass protection, right? Like, you can't, you can't play on third down in the NFL if you want to be – if one, you can't catch it out of the backfield, but two, even more importantly, you can't protect your quarterback – What's the is is he the type of kid you need to have that conversation with, or is this something that he's always bought into? Oh, absolutely, and there's a reason why he put on about ten pounds this off season, and it was, you know, not for not for the beach body, you know, it was to be an NFL football player and to prepare himself to have success at that next level. And for all that said, which is all true about Bryce wanting to be a doctor. 
Um, he's he's going to graduate two quarters early from Stanford in, 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 uh, in biology, which is unbelievable. This guy wants to play in the NFL and wants to play for a long time. In order for him to do that, he knew he needed to get bigger, a little bit stronger, to handle the pounding, to be able to pass protect. And that's why he's sitting there 10 pounds heavier, much stronger than he was a year ago. And he was able to sit some guys down in pass protection so we can get the ball off. So uh, for, for the statistics uh, uh, gurus out there and for the fans that said that was a terrible game, trust me, there are a lot of NFL teams put on that game from last week and said, okay, this guy's actually moved up in my book. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy how it happens in reality as opposed to the perception of, of the fans that simply look at the box score. Last year, you give up 42 to SC. Uh, it was the second week of the season, and you know Keller didn't play well. Bryce statistically had a good, but you guys could not stop uh, you know, couldn't stop Ronald Jones, couldn't stop Stephen Carr. I mean, they ran the ball all over through you. And even though Sam Darnold had a couple of turnovers, he threw four touchdowns. Obviously, they're vastly different this year without Ronald Jones, without Sam Darnold. But is there something about uh, the style that USC plays that gives you guys trouble? Well, I think if you look at the last few years, uh, this has been a back-and-forth battle. Um, they beat us in the Pac-12 championship game by three. You know, I think we played much better against them then, even though we still spotted them two scores, uh, different points during the game. Um, you know, and then two years ago, a lot of people in SC were saying, "Gosh, when are we going to beat the Stanford team? They've got they've taken care of us, you know, three out of the last four years, or two out of three, whatever it was." So we've had a lot of back and forth. Both teams have been very good. Um, I think Sam Darnold just played so well last year, made some big time throws, which is the reason why. Um, he's still in my book, top quarterback in the draft last year. Um, but you look at this team right now, and they have every bit as much talent. You know, these guys are athletic and quick and explosive outside. They have multiple running backs, which, as you mentioned, was probably the biggest issue playing these guys last year was being able to slow them down running the ball. We have to play much better against the run. Our, our defensive line, our young defensive line, they have to show up and play extremely well to give ourselves a chance to win. Um, JT Daniels, their freshman quarterback, could be in high school at modern day. Obviously, as you know, and I think most college football fans know, incredibly decorated player. But he is, you know, he's, he's very, very green. Uh, they didn't seem to open up the playbook much until late in the game against UNLV. How do you go about preparing for a quarterback who you have such limited tape on? Well, those of us on our staff, we've seen this guy for multiple years. Um, everybody in the nation offered this guy. Everybody in the nation saw this kid. He is not the typical freshman. Um, this kid is wise beyond his years. He understands football. Uh, he understands what to do and how to do it. Uh, I, do believe, I do believe they tried to take care of him early in the game just to get him off. And then once he got into the, into the groove of the game, this guy's scrambling for first downs. He's making guys miss. He's stiff-arming guys on the sideline. He's throwing the ball in tight windows. He's throwing the ball down the field with touch and accuracy. Um, yeah, we're not going to treat this guy like a freshman. We're going to treat this guy like a vet. David Shaw joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Last year, I don't know if you remember, last year around this time uh, you joined me and you, you talked about um, – some of the different things you guys have done in reps in the preseason in order to not to, to beat to beat because you guys have a such a physical style and yet you can't beat each other up every day in practice right so you have to make uh, less reps more crisp and and have and have every rep matter but you're also somebody that every off season you try new things you learn you evolve you continue to improve as a coach is there anything this off season or this preseason you've done in order to prepare for a game like this Saturday that you can't wait to see how it plays out? Well, I think for the, the, the entire process, uh, I think all of us in college football are looking at what we're doing and having to make tweaks and changes, with, of course, with no two-a-days. One of the things I did this year, honestly, is I, I lengthened our practices a little bit. 
uh, to make sure we got enough reps, especially as well as long as we were healthy, um, to get enough reps so that our guys can really stack those reps because that's the only way you get better. You get better practicing full speed. Um, we had two major scrimmages and a couple other periods where we went live, and we really focused and concentrated on those periods to get the most out of those because we know we couldn't do it every other day like you used to do it in two days, et cetera, or you're tackling everybody. You had to do it less, but when we did it, I wanted to make sure we did it well. Um, and, and that was a big focus, knowing that, you know, right off the bat, we're going to play against a physical San Diego State football team that's going to line up and run the ball right at us. We're going to play against a, a very physical and physical imposing USC football team that's going to run the ball right at us, as well as try to throw the ball uh, all over the yard to, get to, to some really good athletes. Um, so to prepare ourselves, we had to go hard against our, each other. There were a couple times in training camp where our guys are kind of barking at each other a little bit because you get so sick of seeing the same guy every single day and, and getting after it. Um, but it's the reason why you do that. So when you come to a game like this, you don't think you just react um all right uh, i, I want to ask you uh, football wise uh because you're you're somebody who puts a lot of thought into it there's a ton of reaction in the nfl to the new use of the helmet rule and uh look they got a little itchy trigger finger obviously in college football the targeting rule you had players ejected um if you were in charge do you like the current path we're on in terms of officiating college and pro in how we how we uh how we judge the use of the helmet now, I'll say this. I love the path that we're on um, because it's making us talk about it and it's making us tweak the game every year, as we should. We should do everything we can every single year to make this game as safe as it can be because it is not a safe sport. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, every time that we tweak something, it, there needs to be an experimental period. And if things are going well, that we continue it as long as we're willing to say, hey, this isn't going well and change it back. Now, the NFL uh, rule, which I understand, and I think – possibly on purpose, was over-officiated. Right. And I think most everybody that watched any game would say that it was over-officiated. Um, as long as I think we dial it back a little bit and use the guys in the replay booth and see, we, which, which I would talk to a bunch of officials on all levels, you can never judge intent. You can only judge exactly what happened. But if you can say, okay, this guy is lowering his helmet to protect himself and not using his helmet as a weapon, then that shouldn't be penalized. Um, and there's, there's a natural thing as far as not trying to hit another guy in the head that you lower your body in order to hit him in the chest. If you lower your body, you naturally lower your head a little bit. So to be able to have a little bit of discernment so that we're not flagging everything, um, that we're real, truly flagging those guys that are using their helmet as a weapon or using the other guy's helmet as a target, those are the two things we really want to take out of. And if it's, if it's in that gray area and you don't see a guy – Putting himself in a position where he hurts himself or putting himself in a position to hurt somebody else, I don't think it should be penalized. Yeah, it's, it's hard, though, because even though sometimes it, there's this there's – this, um, I think sometimes defensive players say, well, I went low because I can't go high, but some yeah. of those guys are launching with their helmet at guys' legs, right? We've exactly. seen a lot of missed tackles. So th- there is a – some of those are not viewed as, as spearing type of hits, but those aren't the hits that you want to encourage, right, is the old – you know – Firing yourself off at a guy's legs, only using your helmet. No, there's no question. And, and there, are, there are a lot of, of these concussions come up on defensive players who lower their helmets and hit a guy's shoulders, but also hit a guy's knee. And there's a lot of those that happen where they lower their helmets and they can't see what they're hitting, and the knee comes up and hits them in the forehead, and, 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 and there's, there's an issue. Um, so I love what the Seahawks have done, and we've talked about doing A lot of teams have done it where you go into these alligator tackles and all these different ways where you, you, you grab a guy and you twist him and you get him down as opposed to using your helmet to knock a guy down. 
Um, so concentrating more on wrapping and, 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 and twisting the guy to the ground, not twisting him to try to hurt him, but to get him off his feet. You want to get him off his feet so he can get on the ground. Right. Um, those are the things I think that, that the, I think the better coaches around the nation on all levels are really focusing on, okay, we, we can't just tell these guys, hey, don't lower your head. We have to give them tools to make the plays that we need them to make. So in order to get this guy, I'm coming at this guy at an angle, he's running away from me, I'm coming at this 45-degree angle, I don't have to put my head down on his knee. I can put my head behind him and get my, my arms around his legs, and he can't run if my arms around his legs. Um, right, that's you know, how we were all taught to tackle at a very young age, and it's just yeah. kind of gotten loosey-goosey now, and, and it's a little bit easier, and you do it does, it does bring a guy down quickly if you hit him with his helmet. The problem is, one, you can get hurt, and then two, if you miss, you look awful if you miss. But the bigger thing is you can get really badly hurt. Oh, there's no question, and, and that's what I think most players – all levels really understand like that's the that's the real reason for these rules changes is for their own health and well-being and the the goal for guys that want to play for a long time is to understand why these rules are being made and make the adjustments and changes in order to make sure that yes they can be safe and number two that they can be effective what they're asked to do um you guys are wearing two ribbons right you got the yellow and the lime green to bring awareness to sarcoma and lymphoma two dangerous uh, kinds of cancer this is all. Uh, this is all because of Ryan Beecher, right? One of your coaches, who's a lymphoma survivor. Uh, yes, yes, and we have uh, multiple people on our team have been um, impacted uh, by cancer in different ways, and um, you know we've got a staff member whose wife is going through a tough time. Um, I have someone in my family going through a tough time also. And it's just a way for us to say, you know, we want to recognize that for all those survivors out there, but then also for all those people out there that are struggling and they can watch a Stanford football game and see those ribbons on the back of their helmet and say, yeah, gosh, you know what? Look at these guys. They're such great kids. They're working so hard. And they took the time and, and energy to put that on their helmets, and they, they truly want to stand for something more than football. I think maybe we can help somebody who's in a hospital room someplace um, be down and looks and says, you know, I think I'm going to root for Stanford nowadays because these guys get it. Yeah, and the the other part that I like about you guys is you're not doing the, the, the massive uniform changes stuff, right? Like, don't get me wrong, I like some of the new uniforms, but sometimes they try, real, like Florida State, they had maroon, uh, and like Florida State's got historically great uniforms, right? And they got the maroon <laughs> names on black jerseys. So you can't even see what the guys' names are. Do you get Do you get pressure from some of these guys or from some of the assistants Hey, you know, the kids in recruiting, they want different unis. Uh, no, we, we do a black jersey once, once a year, every year, which I think is great. Um, but I also don't want to be one of those teams where they turn the TV on and they're waiting for the score to go up so they can see who's playing. Right. You know, I want them to look and say, oh, look, Stanford's playing SC. Wow, you know, I recognize both those uniforms. You know, let me, let me watch this game as opposed to, oh, these, these teams look good, but who, who's this again? Um, yeah, we, we, we don't want to get into that business. Okay, so you are going to give the ball to Bryce Love more than 18 times this week? I mean, they, they, you know, SC gave up, what, 399 yards combined rushing against UNLV? Like, can you, can, you, can you give me a promise he's going to get the ball a little more, or is it solely defense-dependent? You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, the, the goal is to still win the football game. And, you know, if, 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 if USC does a great job of, of, of shutting down our running game, which is what happened last week, and, and our quarterback throws for 330 yards again, and we have another receiver go for 220 yards, and we, and we win the game, I'll take, I'll take either way. He, Whatever he, it takes for us to win. Did he say anything to you after the game? Are you kidding me? I mean, you're talking about the best kid in the world. Um, so excited, so happy. Plus, he understands. What he, as we talked about earlier, what he put on film yesterday, last, last week 
will 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 raise his draft stock than him rushing for 200 yards again, which he's done many times. Um, the fact that he will step up in the a gap and pick up a linebacker who's bigger than him and and actually stone him, and that he'll track track a, a blitzer from one side of the field to another and block him, let the quarterback get the ball off. All these NFL guys have seen his long runs, his his, his 50 yard runs, but now putting that together with that, uh, trust me, Bryce is great. We've we've done a statistical thing. He's broken records before. Now he just wants to be a great football player. Well, so far, one and zero. Best of luck against SC. I know how bad you want to get out there and see your kids compete. Can't wait to see it. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Always good to talk to you. All right, it's David Shaw, head coach of Stanford. Uh, let's uh, let's welcome in Dan Beyer, who of course is standing by watching Tiger Woods salivating at Tiger, <laughs> who who put uh, a twenty nine out on the front nine. Twenty nine on the front nine, and the last guy to do that on the PGA Tour, I believe. Was Eldrick Tiger Woods in 07, was it not? Um, it, that could be the case. I don't even have that stat in front of me. I do have this to say. He did cool down a little bit on a second nine because he actually started on the 10th the, uh, hole today. But Tiger, yes, his name atop the leaderboard by himself. There's no T1. It is just a number one. Tiger Woods leads the BMW Championship in first-round play. Eight under par. He's got a couple of holes left on his first round. Currently has a two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy, who is at six under par. Rory is through 11 holes on his first round at the BMW in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Phil Mickelson, tough day for Phil in a 69-player field, tied for 64th right now at plus two through 14 holes. Yes, Doug, tonight, finally week one of the NFL season is here. Falcons and Eagles, 820 Eastern time, kicking off from Philadelphia. There is some NFL news to pass along. The Redskins have named Adrian Peterson their starting running back for Sunday's opener against the Arizona Cardinals. Still no Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh as the Steelers running back has not reported to the team today. Still hasn't signed his franchise tender. Dolphins placed tenant Marquise Gray on IR with a torn Achilles tendon. Boris Diaw announced his retirement from professional hoops after a 14-year career in the NBA. Tennessee has given men's basketball coach Rick Barnes a contract extension through 2024. Four. And if you didn't hear, and I know, Doug, you put it up on Twitter, a little uh, ode to Burt Reynolds. He passed away today at the age of 82. Played some college football for a while at Florida State in the 1950s, and then we know all about his acting career. But, yeah, Burt Reynolds passing away today at 82. Do people know about his acting career? Like, we the oldest people on earth? Because uh, <laughs> part of it is uh, I thought his acting career was helped by the fact that uh, Smoking the Bandit was was – before Shawshank Redemption and Hunt for October was the one that TBS used to go to turn to to throw on on a Saturday afternoon in the summer, right? Um, but uh, Burt Reynolds, smoking. Do uh, you guys know Burt Smoking the Band is my favorite movie? Really, did not know that. Yeah, yeah, some great lines in it. I mean, I had a had a basset hound. I got two basset hounds. One I was gonna name him Flash, which of course is the name of the basset, hound, but there was a uh, an RN in my dorm at Oklahoma State. When I got the dog that had a bass down named Flash, so I named him Bandit. Um, good, good consolation prize. Good consolation yeah. prize. Burt Reynolds, most known for, I mean, he's the, I, I'm trying to think if there's another guy who um, was a was considered a sex symbol that everyone knew had a toupee, right? I'm not, that's, not <laughs> a, that's not a spoiler, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, him and Brett Michaels, you know, but, the lead singer of Poison. Brett Michaels yeah. had a toupee? Oh yeah, you don't think that that hair and that bandana is real? No way. But I mean, like. But yeah. But but like, did he have extensions or a, a wig over the top of hair, or did he actually just have a rug? I, I I think it's a whole. I think it's a whole concoction of the bandana and the hair. Yeah. Hmm. But 
Um, and then, of course, he was in he was in shows like Gunsmoke. Um, man, he was in some great some great stuff. I, I liked Cannonball Run. I know it was super goofy and it wasn't a great movie, but I laughed. Thought it was really fun. I thought it was really really good in Cannonball Run. So uh, Burt Reynolds dead at at the age of but yes, he was one of those guys that was smart way well before his time in using a sports career to launch a a movie career. He was in Boogie Nights, if you remember. Here's something you don't know. First time I ever met my wife. Double date, watching Boogie Nights, but we weren't dating each other. It's a true story. I got a minute to tell it. So I was dating the sister of one of my buddies, and I was staying at his apartment because our school was out like May 4th, and my landlord came to me and was like, hey, look, if you want to sublet your place for three months, um, but you got to get out of it May 1st, I, you know, you can have your place when you get back. And I thought that was great. And my buddy was like, hey, you can come sleep on my couch or my roommate's actually done with finals before, uh, before finals week ever starts. So I end up sleeping on his couch for like two and a half weeks before heading back to California for the summer, even after school was over. But uh, my buddy met my then wife at a party I think they, it's called mugging down in Oklahoma. When you, you kiss a girl or whatever, you mug a little bit. I don't know if they mugged or whatever. But he wanted to take her out on a date. And I was like, well, let's just have her. She was sorority sisters with his sister. So they both came over. We watched Boogie Nights. That was the first time I met my wife. And, of course, ultimately, like six months later, which is 20 years ago, about 20 years ago this October, we started dating. And I haven't dated anybody else since. Boogie Nights was the first. Boogie Nights is the uh, is the answer to that. Uh, most known for the longest yard is probably the sports film that he's and he played a quarterback, played a quarterback in the in the longest yard. So Burt Reynolds, eighty one years old. We'd all like to find a fix for our golf game. Thankfully, you can find a fix for your check engine light at AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder tool will help you find the likely issue, saving you money down the road. Get in the zone, AutoZone. There you go, Adnan Verk. Film critic, ESPN. Shout out to my friend Doug Gottlieb, whose favorite film is Smoking the Bandit. Everybody know, everybody, anybody know that's that there's a I've been working here a year and a half and this has never come up. Why are we doing it, son? Because they said it couldn't be done. Remember their bootlegging beer from Texarkana, Texas? Taking Coors beer out off uh, over Texas lines at one point in time was bootlegging. Who's the best team in the AFC? What about the NFC? I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm sorry. I'm watching clips of uh, <laughs> I'm watching clips of uh, smoking the bandit. I, I, my apologies. The the dog, the bass down's name was Fred, not Flash in uh, in smoking the bandit. Fla- well, Flash was this was the uh, bass hound in um, uh, Dukes of Hazard, wasn't it? Wasn't that wasn't that the bass down Dukes of Hazard? Somebody check on that one for me. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to a game. This is game time. 
It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Borrow up to $40,000 to pay off your high interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash Playbook today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash Playbook. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give me a Diablo sandwich and a Dr. Pepper. Flash was the dive. Flash was Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Roscoe P. Coltrane was the sheriff. Okay. There was a sheriff, Jackie Gleason, who stole the show in Smoking the Bandit, and Fred was the bass down there. My bass town's name was Bandit. And then we had a, he got a sister, her name was Bentley. I didn't name the, the Bentley, Bentley, who. Bentley went to Doug. You haven't a couple years ago. My wife ran him over, but that's a different story. Oh, let's get to, let's get to Dan Byer with the game. What do you got, Dan? Cannonball run over. Um, the game today, Doug, Woo! is rank them. Rank them. All right, in the NFL edition of rank them with the season opener tonight with the Falcons and Eagles, Doug. Let's uh, rank some stuff in the National Football League. Let's start in the AFC. Rank the top five teams in the AFC. Oh, the AFC the season. Uh, yes. AFC. This is. The Patriots are to the AFC what Kansas is to the Big 12 in basketball. Like, until further notice, I'm going to put the Patriots at one. I'm going to put the Chargers at two. Again, this is on paper, paper alone. Uh, I'm going to put the Men of Steel, the Steelers, at three. Now's where it gets tricky. I'll put the Jags at four. And then for my, my fifth best team, like, man, I really struggle with this one. I can't buy into Denver. Kansas City has no defense, but a prolific offense. Not buying the Raiders. I think I'm going with the Ravens, to believe it or not. Like, it's kind of all I got. It's like four and then a possible. I'll go Ravens five. So, Patriots, Chargers, Steelers, Jags, Ravens. All right. Well, are things any easier in the NFC? Um, yeah, I, I think, well, I don't know if easier. I think there's a, a, a deeper allotment of really good teams. Um, I'm going to put the Packers as the number one team. Wow. Packers as the number one team. Packers, I'm going to put the Falcons as the second best team. Uh, I'll put the Eagles as the third best team. And part of that is if they had Carson Wentz, if they had, if they had Alshon Jeffrey, I might rank them number two or number one, but they don't. And I don't know when either or both will be back. And I think they're going to lose a game or two beforehand. Plus, they're carrying heavy as the head that wears the crown. I'll put the Eagles at three. I'll put the Rams, Ramos's Rams, at four. And I'll put the Saints at five. The Saints are my fifth team. Carolina Panthers right there around that fifth team. All but right. I'll, oh, wait. I forgot the Vikings. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Let's take that. Let's slide the Rams down to five. My bad. And I'm going to put the Vikings up there at four. Vikings at four. And who was at two? Um, Falcons. Falcons. Okay, there we go. All right. And the top three MVP candidates for the upcoming season. I'm I'm guessing I may know where you're leaning considering your NFC picks. But... Yeah. No, Aaron Rodgers at one. Yep. Um, Aaron Rodgers at one. Uh, I'll I'll keep I'll put Philip Rivers at two. I think he's got the best wide receiving core or corpse, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> Um, you want to throw to a corpse, but you want to throw to a good core, even though it's spelled corp anyway. It's very confusing for me. So is Colonel. Colonel spelling is incredibly confusing to me. I don't get how that one works. And I'll give you another one. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins as as an MVP candidate. I think he's got weapons galore there. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap up with this one. Top three coaches – not best coaches. We're going the bottom end. Top three coaches like likely this. This to be is, fired this first. Is fun. 
Yes. There's some candidates uh, typed up for. He could be off the list as well. <laughs> I like this. You, uh, Dirk Cutter's there, but I think he Vance Joseph is one just because he barely survived. And I don't know how that one works. Uh, I think if Marvin Lewis gets fired, it'll be at the end of the year. I think Todd Bowles at the end of the year. I think Jay Gruden would be at the end of the year. Dirk Cutter's one that he probably gets a couple extra games because he doesn't have his quarterback first three years. I'll put Vance Joseph one, Dirk Cutter two, and uh, and then I'll put Adam Gase at three. And the reason is, you know, look, they've gone through this mass transformation in Miami, getting getting rid of Jarvis Landry and Adamican Sue. But let, let's see if they can win without those guys. It'll be fascinating to see so. There it is. To recap, Doug's top five teams in the AFC, Pats, Chargers, Steelers, Jags, Ravens, NFC, Packers, Falcons, Eagles, Vikings, and Rams, MVP candidates, Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, and Kirk Cousins, and top three coaches likely to be canned, Vance Joseph, Dirk Cutter, Adam Gase in that order. Who, who, right? That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, really quickly, your biggest issue. Give me give me something I missed, a team I missed or a, a guy I, I missed. I think that Kirk Cousins is way too high on the MVP list because okay. of how well they played last year with Case Keenum. Okay. That would be the one thing I would say. Okay, I mean, like Tom Brady's an easy one, right, to put sure. there. Uh, I just don't know who he's going to throw to, but he is going to put up crazy numbers because he's Tom Brady. Jay Glazer is going to join me in studio for an hour. We're going to talk about football. You good with that? Good. I am too. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Philadelphia is the place to be not only tonight, but this afternoon just outside of the city. Tiger Woods finds himself at seven under par. During first-round play of the BMW Championship, Tiger's score of 7-under as he plays the final hole of his day has been a tie for first with Rory McIlroy. McIlroy is also 7-under par. He is through 12 holes on his first round. Of course, tonight in Philly, it's the opener for the 2018 NFL regular season. Falcons and Eagles at 8.20 Eastern time as the Eagles will unveil their Super Bowl banner from topping the Patriots in Super Bowl 52. Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell still a no-show as inside his franchise tender and did not report to the team today. The Redskins have named Adrian Peterson their starting running back for Sunday's opener against the Cardinals. Tennessee has given men's basketball coach Rick Barnes a contract extension through 2024. I'm Dan Byer. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, here's the deal. It's football season, officially NFL football season in four hours and 20 minutes, give or take. So here's what I thought we'd do. We'd bring in a guy who is the foremost NFL insider in the 25-year history of uh, Fox Sports. Yesterday was Founders Day at Fox Sports, 25th anniversary. Um, it was a pretty cool celebration. And Jay Glazer is synonymous with Fox's coverage of the National Football League. Kind enough to be with us for the next hour. Thank of course, you, my brother, very kind of you. I appreciate um, it. And he's, he's writing that you're writing this year, right, for the athletic? Yeah, I'm writing for the athletic game. I, I used to write for FoxSports.com. Wrote for the New York Post. Um. Started writing for the New York Post in like 95 when I had zero writing experience whatsoever. But I kind of just, I was doing a show on New York One TV and I just, I, you know, I just had everything covering the Giants. And I was really in that locker room and then, then the Jets and then suddenly they gave me a shot covering the NFL um, for a whopping 250 bucks a story. So I was making nine grand a year for the New York Post and 450 bucks a year for New York One TV. 
and still making the same thing for Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to tell you one of the, my favorite things that you did that I would love to recreate someday, and I don't remember what wow. it was called, okay. was you used to have a TV show which you were driving, and it was basically you working the phones. Oh, yeah. And you would do interviews. <laughs> what was it called? No, it was, oh, my God, what was that for? It was for, that was for it. I don't remember what the I name of the show was. I thought it was for Fox It was. Sports. I don't remember what it was for. Look, I've been hitting the head a lot. Yes. Right? Over the years. I, I've, you know, I've always fought and trained fighters, but I'm not a, I'm a really bad fighter, so I get hit in the head a lot. I don't remember things. I know exactly what you're talking but about. Like, but it's basically <laughs> like, because this is my life, So I because right. I drive over an hour to get here, so I, all I do is I listen to sports radio, right. or I call all my friends in sports, so I know what I'm talking about, and- what you do is, like, you were basically, you were driving along, and you'd call up head coach Whoever, in the NFL, yeah. player personnel guy, player in the NFL, and start having a conversation, and you guys made a TV show out of it. I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. It was. It was with Laura Oakman. It was, what was the name of the show? It was, it was when we first started Fox, Fox Sports Net. Um, yeah, and, and it was uh, how, I, how I am with you and how I am on the air and it's the same way I am with coaches with my grandmother with the commissioner I just speak the same there's love me or hate me there's you know who I am let's get to the story of the day before we get the game of the night the story of the day is Le'Veon Bell Mm -hmm. Um, let me first play for you this is a compilation three different players Marquise Pouncey is one we also have a Ben Roethlisberger Ben Roethlisberger cut and then um, Ramon Foster Ramon Foster okay so this is back to back to back Kind of one line what they said, which is interesting, about not having Le'Veon Bell. So I just felt confident that he was going to come, but now that he didn't, obviously it's Le'Veon over the Steelers, and we're, we're the Steelers, and we're going to play as the Steelers. Yeah, we've got a lot of weapons. Uh, we'd like to have them out there, but, but we've got guys that can make plays for us. In the ultimate team sport, we've created a, a league of individuals in a sense. And I know the league is all about get your money, get paid. I love it, but... My perspective is a whole lot different now. I'm in year 10. This guy, what is Le'Veon about to go into year 7? You know, you're not getting younger, so win it, get paid next year. Okay, listen, I, I've covered this thing long enough. 15 years I've been doing the national thing and watched you do it. To to know that if you go back 15 years ago, it used to people used to side more with the team, right? Whereas now, members of the media and players have the ability to speak out more. So when a guy gets paid, everybody's for the guy getting paid. When Aaron Donald was holding out, everybody was pro Aaron Donald. Khalil Mack holds out; people are pro Khalil Mack. And and I also know that locker. Room, so now it's kind of it's changed. But locker room culture has always been that you never talk about somebody else's mm-hmm. money. So why Le'Veon? Well, I, I like I have my own I, I think, thoughts, but I, I you know right. so why? Because it's um, it's happened now different times. So over and over and over. And I think part of it is guys want to feel that they're part of. Hey, we know what's going on here. We know what you're doing. We could all do this together. Um, and obviously there's been a disconnect now inside that locker room with Le'Veon. And I think some guys look at it also. Um, with the Steelers there, they're, you know, their window was is could be closing after Ben. So they need to strike now. They need to win now. And he makes that much of a difference. He is one of the few players in this league. When you don't have him, it's a completely different team. He's that good of a ball player. So why would but why would they say these things? Is that in a motivation? Are they just mad? Is it a motivation that, to yeah. get him in, call him out, and get him in because it it doesn't do a great yeah, job? Yeah, I, I was surprised too because again, usually you don't talk about another man's money. Sometimes you've had guys come out and say it, and then when they do it, 
they get ridiculed by everybody else for being you know, right, for sticking had, up for the team. But you had pounds. You had everybody there, right? Deca- so the crash, like the offensive line, was like, "Yo, we're I guess we're good without right. him." So again, I think most of those guys thought he was showing up for them in week one, and then something changed. And when that happened, then it's also they've gone down this this road with him before. So I think this whole time they figured, okay, you know, he's going to go do this again, no problem. But he'll be back in time for us for week one, and we'll go through this again, and we'll be fine. And that didn't happen, and I think they were a little taken back. Okay, so help me out with this weekend's game. Last year, uh, start of the season, Cleveland gave him a game. Um, Cleveland's been competitive with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Cleveland thinks, like, look, we got a team now. We, yeah. we, got, we got a shot. They got Terod Taylor starting, who did lead the Bills to the playoffs, no matter like he's not a great quarterback, but he's more than competent and a good leader. Got some running backs. Got a talented. Um, when they're all right, they got a talented wide receiving core on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, like th- this, it kind of feels. It, it feels, and they may say they have something to prove, but I'm with you. Like, there's a reason Le'Veon Bell is as well yes. regarded as, and the fact that the Steelers he's different man. They're he not trying to. Tra- they're not trying to trade him. They're right. just trying to get all the use they can out of him. But are they are they running the risk of losing to the Cleveland Browns? And, and by the way, I think the other thing that ticked guys off is when his agent came out and alluded to Maybe. him holding back for his next team, that's going to piss guys off, right? As far as Cleveland, I got a really up-close look in the Browns. They, they brought my MMA program in this offseason. We trained them for a month. So we went down for OTAs myself, brought in Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, Jay Haran, some – Real bad, bad SOBs. We did the Saints last year for six weeks going into the start of the start of the season. And their defense changed. They changed. Their mindset changed. They took on that fighter mentality. We went in with the Browns last year. Um, there's a, there are a couple gangsters. I will tell you this. Right off the bat, Baker Mayfield, man, I am a huge believer. Just being able to see him when he's on the run, the way he throws. I know I said it last week on TV. And people are like, oh, well, what about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron, yes, Aaron's the best who's, who's ever done it. But Baker, I've never seen a rookie or a guy the way he rolls out and fires with his kind of zip. Miles Garrett, we've trained everyone from Jared Allen to Clay Matthews to Clowney to Patrick Wills to every pass rush you could think of. He is the biggest, fastest, most violent, explosive defensive lineman we've ever that's ever put his hand on us. Wow. Um, he's different. He is defensively. He's going to cause a lot of problems. But I, but I think they took in a – when you're there, it's going to take a little while to get that team. Like, you know, losing is a, is a really is a disease, and yes. you start getting used to it. And even when you're there, you're like, they're going to have to do drastic things, which is why they brought us in, to do drastic things to get guys to know that losing is not okay. And it gets in your mindset, and I think that's what's happened to Cleveland in the past. When things happen, they go, oh, no, here we go again. And they're going to need success early to not have – Oh, here we go again. Just because you put a whole bunch of new players in there doesn't mean you're going to have a new result. I couldn't agree with you more. It's funny. Last year, I thought the Rams, I didn't think they would have as good a season as they had, but I thought the Rams, because you're right, because you, you start, fans are not are no different than players. You expect something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you remember the Rams schedule, they played the Colts, who had the worst roster in the league last year. That helped them get going. I thought they had a chance of beating the Skins, which they did because McVay had just come from from DC. Right. And then they had the Niners who were in rebuild mode. Like those are their first three games. You go two and one, it gives you a bump, and they had improved their personnel. I, I actually think the same thing about the Chargers this year. Yeah. Like the Chargers have I think re- Chargers are a scary team to well, be honest. They with have you. no but they have great personnel. But the yeah. problem with the Chargers is, dude, the start of the season has been so bad. But yeah. this year, I think 
four of their first five are in California. Um, and uh, the other one is in Buffalo. But you play Buffalo early in the year, and Buffalo starting Nate Peterman, who they picked off five times in the first half. Like, I think they have a forbid- forgiving schedule as opposed to Cleveland, who opens up with Pittsburgh right. at home. They go to New Orleans, a really good team. Uh-huh. Uh, then they do get the Jets. That's a game which you could expect them to compete and win. But then they go out to the Raiders, Ravens, Chargers. Um, so I don't think their schedule is as uh, forgiving as like the Rams was last year to get them going early. The Rams also, the Rams knew, okay, we're different. We have a new coach. Everything's new in here. And that's really not the case with the Browns. Um, but also there was such a dramatic shift. So when Sean McVay came in last year, it was such a huge difference, obviously, with Fisher and him. He fits square pegs and square holes. You know, with Fisher's regime, they had Jared Goff. They're like, hey, we're going to force you into our offense. When McVay comes in, it's like, we're going to do whatever you do best and get you to understand it and and bring him along the right way. But McVay definitely has more of that edgy attitude that this team needed than Jeff Fisher did. The Cleveland Browns have the same guy, you know, leading the charge there in Hugh Jackson. Hugh's going to have to obviously fit Square pegs in a different hole this year. Yeah, it's it's going to be fast to see. All right, I want to get to tonight's game. Uh, you have the last two NFC champions. Obviously, mm-hmm. everything that's taken place oh, yeah. for the Eagles after winning a Super Bowl. And heck, what's happened with the Falcons after losing the Super Bowl two years ago. Their, their ability to—they beat the Rams last year in the playoffs. Almost beat the Eagles in the playoffs. We'll discuss that upcoming next. Jay Glazer in studio. You got a question for Jay, tweet at him or tweet at me at Gottlieb Show. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss it on air. One hour of— uh, Fox NFL insider Jay Glazer. He'll join us here for the next 45 minutes. That's upcoming next. But first, you know what's not smart? Using your relatives to fill in at work while you look for staff. You know what, what else is not smart? Making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement plan. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. It's powerful matching technology scans through thousands of resumes identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and it actively invites them to apply so you get quality candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S., and right now you can get ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the United States. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's why ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jay Glazer, NFL on Fox Insider. Plus, you can read his work not only on Twitter, but also The Athletic this year. Kind of to spend an entire hour with us. Let's get you ready for tonight's game. The Falcons, a team that you guys had worked with going back two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. Going against the Eagles, a team that were... uh, you know, the best in the sport, and then they lost Carson Wentz and found a way to survive and thrive with with uh, with Nick Foles as their quarterback. Uh, let's start with the Eagles. Okay. They, they go from this underdog mentality, everybody told us we couldn't, celebrated at the, at the parade, but now they're the hunted. They're not the hunter. 
Like d- yep. doesn't doesn't does their mentality have to change? Like how it does, does that? Does and that's that's why you see teams they don't repeat besides the Patriots because usually when teams win, this sickness sets in where they all look at it and go, "Well, I'm the reason why we won. I'm the reason." Where it goes from we to me, and it's a real hard thing for coaches to deal with and for locker rooms to deal with. It's just how how we are as a sports society, and I don't know if it's just in football, but that's why it's just difficult to re- repeat in the NFL. The Patriots, it doesn't happen because they're, they're such a militaristic approach in that locker room where you're not able to really go and say, I'm the reason, because really there's one reason there, and that's Brady. You know, in the, in the As far as the players are in there, that's it. It's Tom uh, over the years. So and I think that's, you know, in the Eagles – what they did is they changed the way people would approach the offseason. What I mean by that is last year they almost played fantasy football, right? Um, they went out and they signed, they traded, they signed a bunch of guys. They went and got, you know, the Alshon Jeffries of the world, the Chris Long's of the world. They went and got, uh, you know, uh, the, the running back from, from the Dolphins. They traded um, season, yep. And they just went after all these different pieces where most teams decided, okay, let's really go through the draft. We'll get a couple other pieces. But the Eagles didn't do that. They really went out and they wheeled and dealed and they tried to put together a bunch of pieces. Like we just said, the Browns did this offseason. I think you saw a lot of other teams Ram, start Rams, to do that. Rams kind of did that with the, the Rams did also. And, and, and that's and what I mean. Suit. I think other teams, it's a copycat league. What, what have you done for me lately, league? So I think the Eagles kind of made that okay this offseason season for teams to, try, to, to do. Uh, Foles really mm-hmm. struggled in the preseason. You can't, you can't look at the preseason. I, they, they I, don't, they don't, they I understand, don't, but he I mean no, he's a game he's, plan guy though. Like he is a system game plan guy. When you don't have a game plan in and it's just raw, he's gonna struggle. Now, if he struggles now in the first three weeks here when they're game planning, I'd be more concerned. I'd be more alarmed. But that was the thing with Nick Foles, right? So when he was there at the Eagles in the first place, um, he he was great under Chip because his preparation was great. But then I, I think you read that he had some issues. His wife had some some health issues and he had to be there for her, and you know, all of a sudden he couldn't be there first thing in the morning, last thing at night. That's what, and he's she's better now. He's able to go back to be to to do that um, to have that kind of preparation. And when he has that preparation, he excels. But my point is, he's one of those guys who needs that level of preparation in order for him to succeed. He can't just come out there and come off the and that's it with. With not as much work he, in preparation. He can't, and Brett, shine. he can't Brett Favre it and just right, go out there exactly. and wing it. Give me, give me a guy out wide. Give me a guy in motion. Give me right. a guy behind me. It's snap the ball and somebody get open. Yeah. You know the 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 other the other thing though that gives me pause in addition to not having Alshon tonight is um, is that he's also and I know Nick a little bit. He's a really kind of thoughtful, interesting right. guy, and he has like legit feelings to where he'll <laughs> he'll he'll his confidence will drop a little yeah. bit. Right, and so when he, things, he's a regular dude like us in that way, right? Except he's just a way better football player than us. Yes, but but those but and we two talk, feet taller than we me. talk with Jordan Palmer, um, right. going back a week ago. He's you know quarterback guru, yep. former you know as Carson's mm-hmm. brother, and he's like, look, I kind of think great. the number one skill you have to have as an NFL quarterback is confidence. You talk about Baker Mayfield, and he couldn't. He's like, yes. dude, Baker is as confident as a kid as I've I've ever seen. That that's my fear is that things go bad and he loses confidence and we're like here we go again against the Falcons, a team that he wasn't great against even when they beat him in the playoffs. Well, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be up to the head coach to make sure that they get they get Nick right. You know, no, no pun intended, but they've got to you know, they've got to get him right. Um, and that's what you want from good coaches. Look, that's where you have the the Mike McCarthy's and the Aaron Rodgers. It's not a, and the Bill Belichick's and the and McDaniel's and Tom Brady and the Drew Brees and the Sean Payton. Trust me, those dudes. You got to be crazy to be this good at this level. You got to be absolutely crazy. 
So your head coach, they're your head coach, but they're also your therapist. They've got to be a great therapist to get all the roommates in your head to talk really nicely to each other. When you're back there in the pocket or you're in the huddle there, it's really what your head coach can do what's between your ears. I, I feel like the Falcons are the team we've probably talked least about in the offseason. Right. You know, Saints are in that What a difference a year makes. Right. And, and, you know, I just actually, on the way in here, I talked to Dan Quinn about an hour ago. So you should have been a TV show, like your old TV show. Right. that you and Dan Quinn, and you could have been filming from your car. You could have been right there in the back seat. Right. Um, and he was like, oh, so nice to go to a season opener, just like normal. As in, last year, they had an entire year of the breakdown of the Super Bowl. And at one point, and I talked to Matt Ryan about this a lot too, they were both like, you know, every time we try to put it to rest, we eventually realized we're not the ones who decide when we get to put it to rest. And and they kept saying, well, you know, guys, we're not talking about it. We've moved on, moved on. And finally, it was this year they realized we didn't decide when we moved on last year. Even though we thought we did, we didn't. Because as much as we try to get the media to move on, whenever you're out in public, people are constantly asking, you're throwing things, or it's the, the, the score that they were up and they brought, it's always thrown in their face. And Dan was like, it's so nice. I feel we're opening, and he said, we're opening the season here tonight. And I feel like we're under the radar because we're just normal. Totally. They right? Absolutely. I mean, and, and look, it wasn't working well with Steve Sarkeesian to start last year. He was so different from Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And Kyle's a, lot, a guy, you talked about Sean McVay, right. a lot like, uh, you know, again, football yep. family, football savant, has a kind of a plan for, for everything. And and Sark was, was so very, very different. But they did seem to figure it out late. It, it did. Right. One, they got the running backs healthy. But they did seem to figure it out late. Are the Falcons that team that we're not talking enough about that could well be playing in the Super Bowl? And I think even the Super Bowl year, we weren't talking enough about them. They're not a, they don't have flashy, you know, players and and big outspoken players, and they don't have the Odell's and the you know the um, I mean they have Julio, but Julio is a quiet guy. Matt Ryan is he is uh, Julio's, Julio's holdout at lasted exactly like twenty four <laughs> hours. Exactly. Like yeah, we'll give Maybe, you another right. million okay, dollars. Yeah, we'll move some money around. And that's where it, it really is. It's, it's a it's a it's an interesting team. Um, kind of remind me a little of the Packers, a little of how Seahawks were as far as how close they are in that locker room. But look, we just talked about your head coach being your therapist. I'm going to sign up for marriage counseling or relationship counseling if Dan Quinn ever has like a TED talk or a you know a, or some lesson about it. Because to get those guys to be able to move on from that collapse the year before and not say every time they're in a game. Oh no! Here we go again. Yeah, like Seattle. It's amazing. Seattle's still kind of not over it, right? They had to get oh. rid of all those guys in order to be over it. All right, I got I got a bunch of stuff I want to get to. You mentioned, um, you mentioned the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers seemed to be ticked that they got rid of Jordy Nelson. That was his guy, right? But you bring in a new, bring in a new general manager. They spend wait, a little wait. bit of money, and they well, they, they also bring, got rid they, of his quarterback and, coach. Too. Well, they, no, 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 not that. They bring in Jimmy Graham. I mean, you look at Jimmy and and Jordy. I love Jordy, but Jimmy Graham. That's that's a mismatch waiting to happen there with, with him and Aaron. Okay, so is it simply now that he's seen all these guys he's and he got paid, he's better, or is he still kind of ticked at the situation? No, I don't know if he was it's – just, it's just Aaron. Aaron's just going to speak his mind. Yes. You know, and when you play like that, you have more of a – you kind of have more of a, uh, the authority to go out and say whatever you want because who's going to tell you to shut up really? Even though they, they do, they try and corral it over there. He's going to speak his mind. It's funny you say that. So I know Aaron a little bit, and and I tell people like, there's guys that have a chip on their shoulder. He has like a bag of chips on his shoulder. Yeah, and and he's he's like he's different. He's different. He's almost a little bit too smart for his own good. 
But some of that is some of that is good. Like once you get kind of the, this is how he is. He's just one of those guys right. that's always kind of challenging. Always he's really listening to the question that you ask as a if you're in the, a reporter and uh, and he 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 wants to outsmart you in the answer as well. Um, but you also think he's he has some sort of comedic line just waiting there yes. to drop it on you the moment that he op- you open the door and you say something he's going to drop this boom boom type of line on you. The, one of the funny things funny, one here. of the funniest things he 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 told me when I was hanging out with him is um, they were talking about this on the shop LeBron Joe's, LeBron James's show yep. about how guys um, want Odell to dance and I was like it's funny Aaron Rodgers told me that whenever he goes somewhere people want to touch him. They want to come up and instead and instead of saying hi, they like want to put their arm on him. And he's like, "Look, I'm not like a, I'm not like Howie Mandel. I'm not like a germaphobe. Right, but, but it's really weird that any and, and I was with him. It was like an entire night we go out, and you should put, you should put your hand on like his thigh the whole night. no no like a hundred times. And literally every and I'm just like dudes, old ladies, older guys, and it wasn't anything sexual or right. and or anything. But everybody like wanted to touch him, <laughs> like somehow they're going to get some of that magic. Now that you said that, I'm going to I'm going to look for it. Watch, it's great. Watch, next time you're it's talking great. to him, watch how many people come up and talk. And he he's like, it's the weirdest. It makes it makes. He's like, people think my body language is weird. My body language is weird because I think everybody's going to touch me, and it's just I don't know you all that well. Why are you putting your hands on hey, me? More so, we'll, like next time we'll just get everybody in the bar to be like, go touch Aaron. <laughs> go up, just touch. He loves it. Trust me, he loves it. <laughs> um. I rank them as my number one team in the NFC. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy at all. No, I, the two teams that listen, look, whenever you go around training camp, um, I'm there for a day, right? Okay, so and, and coaches and GMs will always come up and they'll be like, "Hey, so what do you think? What do you think?" And I always say the same thing to every one of them. I'll go, just kind of freak them out a little bit. I'll go, be honest with you, I think you guys are going to kind of suck. <laughs> And they go, really? I'm like, I don't know. I've been here for a day. It's your fault for asking me. But the bottom line is, that's where you're supposed to mess up in training camp, in right. practice, in sparring. That's where you work on stuff that you're hoping, you know, becomes second nature in on the field or in the cage or in the ring or something along those lines. So I don't know what I'm looking at, but at least I know I don't know what I'm looking at. When you see people go out there and they write, oh, this guy dropped all these passes, he missed these passes. I don't know who's screwing up because I don't know what they're working on. And maybe they have 10 things they're working on so they could choose the best five out of those or the best three out of those. I don't know what it is. But what you can figure out when you go to these camps is the rhythm that teams are in. And and um, Some teams their look urgency. Some that's, teams that's look different right. as well. Though. Their urgency, their rhythm, those type of things. So when you go out to the Packers, you go out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, they run everything out. Um, there's a little different level of violence if you will, Rams have it too. Um, Falcons and Saints. It's, but then there's kind of just teams that everything looks like a walkthrough, and it's a different level of violence, a different level of urgency. But the Packers and, and the Steelers, man, their timing and everything is just it, it. They're at a different level when you, doesn't matter what day you go there. Let's get to Dan Byer real quick. Find out what's going on with Tiger Woods. Playing a little golf where he shot a 29 on the front. How's he doing in the back? Uh, well, he wrapped up his round today with a round of, well, let's hear it. It's seven feet. Just have to make sure you keep the pace up. Tiger now in over. Strikes the putt. Pull out the left. Turning right. He walked it right in. Took a step before the ball got to the cup. A fine eight under par 62 for Tiger Woods. So six under on his first nine. Two under on his back nine. Tiger Woods at Eight under par through 18 holes at the BMW Championship. 
but he's not in the lead. Rory McIlroy has the lead at nine under par through 16. Rory would need birdies on his final two holes, one of which a par five, so it could be a par and an eagle if he wants to shoot 59 today. Elsewhere, Orlando Magic. Wait, Rory has a better score? Yeah, Rory's at nine under par right now. Two holes to go. It's amazing. Like, Tiger's so good, and he's so Tiger, that Rory McIlroy is not exactly an unknown and has a chance at a 59, and literally nobody's talking about it. Anyway, go ahead. Rory had a string of six straight birdies to help him along the way. That's generally good. Yeah, that's that's, that's usually pretty good. Uh, In the NBA, Boris Diaw announced his retirement from professional basketball after a 14-year career in the league. Orlando Magic owner Rich DeVos passed away today at the age of 92. We touched on Burt Reynolds passing a little bit earlier today. Of course, talking NFL action. Falcons and Eagles tonight, 820 Eastern Time. Eagles placed wide receiver Mac Hollins on injured reserve. Redskins named Adrian Peterson their starting running back for Sunday's opener against the Cardinals. And Cowboys center Travis Fred- Frederick has said today that he has no idea when he'll play football again and adds that he still feels numbness in his arms after being diagnosed with GBS. So the Cowboys center, no idea when he's going to return to action. That is, um, that is just bizarre stuff. I mean, here's the here's the team with on paper the best line in football. We had Travis Frederick on when we were up at Cowboys camp. Had a long on air and off air discussion. This is before he found out he had this had this disease. Jay, Jay what do you? Thanks so much, Dan. Uh, Jay Glazer continues to join us uh, for the hour here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What do you know about his future? There's no way to know about his future right now because there's no. There's no set timetable. It's not like you tear your ACL, we do surgery, and we know how long it takes to come back from that. That's the scary part, and especially with these guys who are so used to structure. When you take them out of that, it becomes even scarier. And I know Mark Schlereth went through it. There's been a couple other guys. I have a friend of mine who went through it for 10 years. Uh, didn't play. He was not, not an athlete, but I was just asking him about it. And he's just it, – So what is it? It's uh, – man, I don't want to talk out of turn, but it's I – mean, let, let's – Let's Google it exactly because I don't want to talk out of turn because right. we know I'm not smart enough to How be do a doctor or anything but an NFL insider. How do you spell it? Look up Travis Frederick. Uh, <laughs> something Travis bar Frederick, syndrome. Yeah. Travis Frederick disease. Just look up uh, Travis Frederick. Gillian, Gillian Barr yeah. syndrome. Syndrome. Gillian. And is, is it? Gillian Barr syndrome. A, I don't want to see again. I don't want to talk out of turn. It is an autoimmune disease. There you go. I don't know what see, that I means. See, I was going to say an infection or a disease, and I'm I'm afraid to say anything. Okay, because people nowadays obviously you say anything like, "Oh man, you should it's shut a, up." You don't know what you're rare, talking about. I don't it's know. a rare diso- right. disorder in which your body's immune system attacks your nerves. Yeah, what attacks attacks the nerves? Mm-hmm. Uh, weakness and tingling in your extremities, and usually are usually the first symptoms. These sensations can spread quickly, eventually paralyzing your whole body. Mm-hmm. In its most severe form, Gilbar syndrome is a medical emergency. Most people with the condition must be hospitalized to receive treatment. The exact cause is is unknown. Um, Hence why I wasn't saying when you said what is it. But again, it could last. There, there is no, again, it's not like, hey, I broke broke a collarbone, we're plating it, we know when we can come back. So You're at slightly greater risk if you're a man and you're you're a young adult. Which is, uh, it can be triggered both. by other things. Um, and then it doesn't say, like, can you recover from it? Like, can, again, you, can you beat it? Yeah, you can. You can. And I think if you look up, it was Mark Schlereth who, who went through it also. But it's, it's man, it's brutal on you. Because, again, your body's attacking itself. Okay, so. It's so, brutal. So, so have, there is so no time. About, so the There's Cowboys, no timetable. So the Cowboys, they, they're not going to have Travis Frederick. Right. Tyron Smith is back, which is big. It's kind of the, the least discussed great player who didn't play at times last year, but still has back issues. And they got this no name. They go from Dez 
who think what you want about Dez. They did. They could say he 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 wasn't any good, but they did throw to him 133 times last year. And you had Jason Witten, and you replaced them mm-hmm. with kind of an ensemble cast. That's kind of their idea. And they got mm-hmm. Zeke back full season. Right. What are the Cowboys going to look like when we see him against Carolina this weekend? Oh, that's you know that's. Um... I think I know you saw him for a day. I know you saw him for a day. You have to know. I was there for two of them. Okay. But Dez and Witten, they're not stretch the field guys, right? Right. So they try to bring in guys who are more stretch the field kind of guys who are going to go more to Zeke. Yeah, but like Tavon Austin, they couldn't use him in with as as bright a football guy as Sean McVay is. We'd all agree he's super, super bright. He had no use for Tavon Austin. He couldn't figure out a way to really make him effective. And I like Alan Hearns, but like Alan Hearns and Tavon Austin are your answers? Well, all I'm saying is they're changing up what they're going to do, they're yeah. right? So they want to go more downfield. I'm not, the funny thing is, because of um, Zeke and Dak, I'm not as concerned about offense. I think those two guys will f- will figure out a way. Zeke is that good. We were talking about Levy and Bell. Zeke is the same type, type of player, and you have to focus on him so much that the guys like Alan Hearns and Tavon Austin, they should be able to, to open up and, and create some opportunities. But defensively, that's the thing that they're trying to find these pass rushers, and they got it. Obviously, they've had guys with David Irvin, Randy Gregory, who've had issues, and they're trying to find those all these great pass rushers. And I think with the rules nowadays, because you know, with with the lowering of the the helmet and everything, they're they're almost taking the the DB plays out of it quite a bit. So I think more emphasis needs to go up front. So before that quarterback can even get rid of the ball, before you know we decide what's a catch and what's not a catch and whether or not somebody's going to hit me with illegal contact and all that. I think it's more important that you that you get a great pass rush, and that's what the Cowboys got to see if they can get a great pass rush. They keep bringing in all these guys with all this talent, but all these concerns off the field also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's That's what's get, more concerning for me. Let's get to the New England Patriots. There's been all this discussion about uh, whether or not Brady and Belichick get along the trades of the two backup quarterbacks last year, most notably Jimmy Garoppolo for only a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been by some people's estimation reported strife because Malcolm Butler didn't really play in the Super Bowl. What do you know about what that locker room is like this year, as opposed to all of the previous years? Same thing. It's Tom and Bill. And, you know, I looked at it the other way. Last year, we made a big deal of over a lack of relationship there, and I'm going, man, for 17 years in a marriage, we didn't hear any strife at all. These guys got to write a book on marriage counseling. I know we talked about it, but Quinn, but they, they beat it all. I mean, think about that. Think about, again, you got to be crazy to be on this level. Now you think about all the different personalities of Belichick and Brady together, and we haven't heard any strife in all these years after all the years that Belichick has gotten rid of Randy Moss and Richard Seymour and now Jamie Collins, all these people, and you never heard it. So I think that, to me, is more amazing than they came out and said, oh, there's these guys are now getting on each other's nerves. Yeah, they've been in a relationship for 17 years. They're going to get on each other's nerves. But obviously, they still, they're better than everybody else when it comes to what they do. And that's why they're in the Super Bowl last year. Jay Glazer, uh, Fox NFL Insider joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we'll get down to just start start going through divisions. Who do we like? Who do we not like? We'll do so as we get ready for kickoff of the NFL season. That's upcoming next here in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. 
With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jay Glazer here for the next 15 minutes talking all football. What's up, Jay? We're, what are we, uh, it's 520 on the West is kickoff, so I don't know how my math works. We're about three hours and change from kickoff of the NFL season. Um, there's, it, it's really, it's fascinating to me. You mentioned how the Falcons, you were talking with Dan Quinn on the way in here on how they're like under the radar. There are a lot of really good teams that we will talk about that we haven't because we talk about the Odell Beckham Juniors and the Khalil Mack trades. Right. But let me ask you about those really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the sense in Oakland? Because they took a lot of chances Ooh, in the man. draft, took a lot of chances in free agency. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's why you, that's why you want those <clears throat> first-round picks. So they turn into guys that you want to pay to be the premier defensive player in the league. And they just didn't work on this relationship from day one. I don't know why coaches come in and do that a lot. I'll ne- dude, I'll never forget when Scott Pioli and, and um, Todd Haley took over the Chiefs. First call they made was Tony Gonzalez. Hey, Tony, remember those those days of you having your uh, your parking spot right up next to the practice facility? Those days are over. Uh, okay, nice meeting you guys. Like, why? Why do that? You got to come in and go, okay, who are my, like, Sean McVay, we go back to that. He came in there and said, okay, my gangsters are Todd Gurley. I've got to make sure that Todd Gurley buys in so much to what I'm doing and my brand and what we're going to do because that's who's going to get me these wins. I've got to get him to, to really buy the sauce here. And John Gruden didn't do that. And it's not, John Gruden's not going to be the one out there in the field, right? It's going to be these players and, man, it's, um, like Aaron Donald, I think is a generational type player. Khalil Mack is a, uh, man, he's a hell of a pass rusher. Sometimes he's unstoppable, but I do think he's the type of guy you need to build your defense around. But that's why these guys collect these draft picks because you're hoping they turn into Khalil Mack or Odell Beckham or Aaron Donald, where you got to go reward them, or an Aaron Rodgers, where you got to reward them. What about the what about the Odell Beckham? Oh, he he gets rewarded, and I don't think anybody would take a shot at that, that his- was Pat Shermer. As far as Pat salvaged that whole thing, I think that the 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 Maras and Odell back then there was just I think it was heading in a bad after situation. That, right? After that video, there was a lot of people like, oh yeah, and the Maras came even John before Mara that came out. Yeah, even before that, right? And that the owners meeting, right? Stuff that John Mara was coming out and saying, "I'm sorry to cut you off there." No, absolutely. And then when Pat Shermer came in, it was really and right off the he's like, "This is a this guy's different. I want him. I want to I want to at least see if I can do it." But hey, you know, he was in an interesting situation because. This is the time you got to trade him. You can't wait for till after the year. Like this is the year you have to do it. So really, couldn't have been a one year type of let's see what happens here. He needed to buy all in, and they both actually credit them both. They both handled it like grownups when when the right time came, right. And you know he didn't go out there and Instagram a bunch of stuff or write columns about this is I'm disrespected and you know and and I feel the team has done this. They just kind of got to. They put all that stuff aside, but Pat Shermer, I think, is the one that really helped salvage that entire situation and make it um, take away all the, the drama. Earl, Earl Thomas did right. he did show up, but he did put on Instagram that he did feel disrespected. <laughs> and like you have kind of like half of the Legion of Boom remaining. Like you still got Bobby Wagner as a stud. Uh, you still have Russell Wilson. Um, you know, eventually, eventually he'll have his his favorite you know, pass catching threat back as well, but. Um, then they got a bunch of guys you've never heard of. I, I guess that the like half of me says, look, Richard Sherman, Cliff Averill, they weren't 
they weren't you know, Earl right. Thomas. They weren't big names. Cam Chancellor, un- right? Absolutely. Until until they all got together. So I I guess I have to trust Seattle in that they'll find the next Cam Chancellor, Cliff Averill, et cetera, et cetera. But what's this year going to be like? Well, I do. I trust John Schneider and what he does. Look, Ozzie Newsom's the best at who's ever done it, in my opinion, as a general manager. Best who's ever done it. Um, but if you look at the the history of the last ten years, or however long John Schneider's been with the Seattle Seahawks, and compare him to other draft picks, I don't think it's been close with him and everybody else. It's just they have done such a, a great job in drafting and finding those later round guys. So I can't say they're not going to do it because, like you just said, they have found those Cams and the 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 Richards and the Bobby Wagners and the Cliff Averills and the Michael Bennett's and all those type of guys. But are they going to be comp- like here? You have the the Rams. Like I'm saying, I don't know if they're going to be competitive because I right. don't know if these next guys are going to turn into the next Richard Sherman, the next Cam Chancellor, the next Michael Bennett. I don't know that. Um, I'm watching the we talked about Khalil Mack and how you try and build around a defense, and uh, Ryan Pace has come in there and tried to completely turn things over. Now they got Nagy, who's a quarterback whisperer, right. trying to fix their quarterback position. Right? Like, isn't that the big question? Is does he have it? Like, does the kid have it at quarterback? And to this point, we don't know based upon last year's coaching staff, last year's production. It feels like a kind of golf situation where yeah. where last year he was disappointing, but he probably played before he should have played, and we still don't know what they have. I think, look, I think when Ryan Pace came into that position, he needed a John Fox to clean up. That place was a mess. The, the Bears were a mess. He needed a, a veteran, a grown-up, if you will, to help clean it up because a young GM wouldn't have been able to handle all the, the things that were going ins- on inside that building. And now they're in a position where he can go out and get, again, they, they, you can go get a coach like Nagy and pair him with a Trubisky. If it works, they're together for the next 14 years. It's Breeze and Peyton. It's you know McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. If they'll be together for 14 years and the Bears will be in contention for years and years and years. And you look at what Ryan Pace did here. Man, Ryan Pace, going up, all this Khalil Mack stuff, um, a lot of teams are trying to talk to the Raiders, and this was a Gruden deal. Gruden's the one who did this. It wasn't Reggie McKenzie. It was him, and for Ryan Pace to be able to the one that kind of rises up and gets this deal done with with John Gruden, I think was the most shocking thing inside league circles. From team to team, they're like, wait, John Gruden and Ryan Pace? What is that connection? Like, how do these two guys get together and you know Ryan Pace last year his thing was we were talking about what he was going to draft and I made a joke to him I was like you got to draft for need as in I need not to get fired right so I think he looks at this and goes well this is how I'm gonna I gotta draft I gotta go trade for need need not to get fired because they're gonna have to you know really show some signs this year for Ryan to you know continue at his role but I do think Nagy, man, I always said there's not going to be a next, next McVay. And the next year I'm like, okay, that's the guy. Like Nagy is, man, he's impressive. He got he got a lot a lot of stuff in him. Um, I'd like to use another word, but yep, you know, I got, right, got some fire in him. Uh, the players love him. He's honest with them, but he'll stand up to him. Like he got some he got some fire in him. All right, uh, let's let's hand the AFC East to the Patriots. You okay with that? I'm good with that. Okay. AFC North. Steelers. AFC South. Mm. We haven't even mentioned Houston. You know, man, Everybody I, thinks I, do, I actually, is, is I, the deal. I do, I do too. I do too. I didn't get last year why teams weren't all over Deshaun. They said, "Well, his accuracy in Clemson." I'm like, half those receivers don't run the right routes anyway. It's, like, it's not him. He Deshaun is like 
That's your dream, man. That's what you want. I think I think Houston's gonna be a lot better. Plus, also, they don't have the drama between Bill O'Brien and the GM who was there last. It, like that that was really um there was a cloud in that organization. Now it's not there. So I think Houston's gonna be gonna be strong. Um AFC West. Them. AFC West. AFC West West, I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Uh NFC East. Oh man. Giants. The Giants. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh NFC North. Jersey kid taking the Jersey team. Uh <laughs> NFC South. That's not it. Saints. NFC West. Rams. Yeah, it was, that was pretty easy. Um, and I don't want to. You don't have to pick Super Bowl teams, but if you want to pick Super Bowl teams, the teams you you would be that least north. Su- that North is going to be t- NFC North. Yeah, that's going to be. Look at the Vikings. Look at the yeah. Packers. You just talked about the Bears going to be a lot better here, and then the Lions. They're going to be. I think they're going to be much better. I, I think that's too. the most competitive. Yeah. division I mean, if, in the if NFL. Matt, if Matt Stafford is on the third best mm-hmm. team, that's a that's a pretty damn good team. Or the fourth best team. Or the, in the, division. Or the, yeah. or the fourth best team. Right. That's that's a pretty good team. Two teams you'd most expect to see in the Super Bowl. Um, Steelers and Packers. Steelers and Packers. No, 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 Patriots. Uh, no, this year. Ah, man. Patriots and Packers. Patriots and Packers. Okay, call your guy. Go to Vegas. Patriot and Packers. Jay Glazer said time, so. Follow him on Twitter. More on football <laughs> next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Tonight, the 2018 NFL regular season gets underway in Philadelphia as the Eagles are home to the Falcons. They'll start at 8.20 Eastern time. The Eagles today did place wide receiver Mac Hollins on injured reserve. The Eagles will celebrate their Super Bowl 52 win by unveiling their banner prior to tonight's game against the Falcons. Michael Kendricks was a part of that Eagles team. Now he's facing 25 years in prison. The former linebacker pleaded guilty to insider trading charges today. He will be sentenced in December. The Redskins have named Adrian Peterson. They're starting running back for Sunday's opener against the Arizona Cardinals. Tiger Woods, a round of 62 today in the first round of the BMW Championship. He is tied for the lead at eight under par with Rory McIlroy, who's got a couple of holes left to play. Tennessee has given men's basketball coach Rick Barnes a contract extension through 2024. I'm Dan Byer. We are. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the city of Angels, and we're three and a half hours away from NFL 2018 kicking off. You know what's funny? Do you remember what the biggest storyline last year in the NFL was? I bet you don't. I bet you don't. Um... Music, you want to take a swing at? I'm going to go catch, no catch. Nope. 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 Last year was dominated start to finish by one main storyline. Ryan, would you like to? Go ahead. The anthem. No. Really? No. Wow. The anthem thing went away until um, uh, uh, until he called them SOBs, and then it came back for a little bit and then kind of went away again. Byer, you want to take a swing at it? Um, Dan Byron knows watching, watching, uh, Rory finish up here. Uh, do we have Dan or no? No, we don't have Dan. I got another guess here. Go ahead. Major injuries. Bingo. Bingo. Go through them. Wow. It was, uh, Deshaun Watson, yep. Julian Edelman. Yep. Uh, JJ Watt. Yep. David Johnson. Yep. Odell Beckham. Yep. 
Ugh, Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, Carson yeah. Wentz was the end of the year, but, right. but he ended up getting hurt. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Sam Bradford played like one game. And again, I know Bradford is not, you know, he's he, Sam Bradford has been hurt more than he's been active seemingly in the NFL. But what's what's amazing, what, what gets forgotten is, and this is there's a recency bias, bias to it, what gets forgotten is now we're talking about Kaepernick again. Kaepernick wasn't really a story last year because he was out of the league for the entire year. Kaepernick's only now become a story because a little bit of the NFL's anthem policy and the only reason that thing, and because Nike's going to have that ad tonight. The story of last season was injuries. That was the story. Massive injuries to some of the best players in the NFL. Andrew Luck didn't play the entire season. I mean, think about it. We're going through, and if you do a list of the top 50, a legit list of the top 50 players, top 50 players in the NFL, 20 of them suffered season-ending injuries last year. Is that That's, that's not, you know, I think that's a, a terribly conservative number. I mean, heck, the um, Eric Berry got hurt. I mean, like, look, Seattle had, had two players that had to retire because of neck injuries. We mentioned David Johnson, and we're just talking just in the NFC West alone. Um, I mean, that was one of the big things with with the Rams was they lost their best starting cornerback to a torn Achilles tendon before the playoffs. That's why they're so bad defensively in the playoffs. Go back through it. Houston on one side loses J.J. Watt. The other side loses Deshaun Watson. It was Jacksonville good, sure, but Jacksonville also didn't have to deal with J.J. Watt or Deshaun Watson most of the year, and Andrew Luck didn't play. So, sure, they won the division, but, you know, that's like you're playing against backups. And the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't have Allen Robinson who got hurt. The, the Giants, they didn't just lose Odell Beckham Jr. They lost their entire wide receiving core. The Cowboys, they... They lost Tyron Smith for a little bit. They lost um, what's the middle linebacker uh, Sean Lee, but also didn't Zeke was suspended. So it, last year was more about guys that weren't playing than guys that were. It's really interesting when we go back and we tell the tale. That's why, um, look, were the were the Patriots good last year? Yes, they were really really good in spite of having an uninspired defense in terms of playmakers. They were Ben that don't break. But they also had the benefit of, once again, playing the AFC East. Ryan Tannehill didn't play. Torn ACL. There's another guy. Starting quarterback. Playing in the AFC East. And not only they play in the AFC East, but the AFC was just littered with injuries. Littered with injuries. Um, Speaking of AFC East and the New England Patriots, here's Tom Brady... On Tom versus time. Probably the last six months. It's been the first time where I've taken a little break, I think, from what I've done. I needed something different this year. My family needed something different. If I'm going to do something at this point, it's going to be because I enjoy it. The last couple years, a lot of parts about football weren't enjoyable when they should have been. You know, I think anytime you're together with people for a long period of time, relationships ebb and flow. So, look, he's letting us in a little bit on the relationship breakdown some with Bill Belichick. And I think that's honest. I, I think one of the things we have a tendency to do is because we don't get a lot out of Belichick or Brady when we do and they give us a 
what what seems to be a pretty honest response, right? Like he, tell me if I, tell me if I'm I'm listening wrong. Feels like he was a little burnt out, right? Suffering through burnout, so he had to get away from it for a little bit. That's normal. The monotony of I, I've always wondered this this thing. Like one of the things that I, on one hand, yearn for, on the other hand, I'm glad. I so I I worked at ESPN for nine years, and I just kind of give you the rundown. When I was in, when I was in sixth grade, I went to La Vida Elementary. Seventh grade, I went to McPherson Junior High School. Then McPherson closed down. Went to Santiago in eighth grade. I stayed back in eighth grade. I went to Yorba, and then I went to Tustin High School. Five schools in five years. Went to Tustin for all four years. Then I went to Notre Dame for a year. Went to Golden State for a year, Golden West for a year, and then Oklahoma State for three years. The point is that I'd never stayed at one school longer than four years in my entire life. And so when I was at ESPN, I was there nine years. And I basically, even though we moved, we lived in three different houses, one in Burlington, one in Canton, and then we moved six houses down the street in Canton. I drove the same way to work for six straight years, same exact way to work every day for six years. Every day. I can tell you, to the, depending on the time of day, I could tell you within two or three minutes how long it would take me to get there. And even in the other house, it was basically the same path. It was a different road, a different side of the river, but it was about the, I knew exactly. Nine years, I drove the same way to work. And so you become, and many people are like this. We, we have our, that's like one of Starbucks' things. I know Starbucks opened today in Italy, their first store in Italy. One of Starbucks' big thing is, hey, people have three, they have two places, home and work. We want to be the third place, right? I had a Starbucks for home and I had a Starbucks on the way to work. Like that, I had my other kind of places. And so when I left and I originally went to CBS, like I was, I felt off. I felt super off. First, in, in this business, sometimes you have to, you go through like two, three, four, six months where you're not allowed to work. And in hindsight, it should be the greatest time ever, but you feel like you lose relevancy. You're like, what am I doing? Nobody's hearing from me. It's football season. I don't have a radio show. It was so weird, but I should have embraced it and really enjoyed it, but I didn't. And the only thing I can tell you is here. My read on the Tom Brady thing is the first time in his career, he took time away. And this is like the first time you have a break with your girlfriend or a break with uh, with a job, you know, if you love it because you miss it. Even if you miss the monotony of driving the same way to work, even if you miss the, I uh, hit the meetings that go on and on without it. I remember when I didn't have a radio show for six months, I, I missed it. I, I just stopped random guy in the street and started giving him my sports takes. He'd look at me like I had blue in the face. I should have just enjoyed being a parent. Gotten up every day. I had one thing at work to do every day, and that's it. I had nothing else to do for three months, and yet it was awful. Oh, it's time with family. Family is overrated. Patriots were in three of the last four Super Bowls. Right? Remember, they he had a game-winning touchdown drive that had that came back with an intercept. They had to he intercepted the um, the Seahawks. Right. So it's not just that he was in Super Bowls. He was in three of the most tension filled Super Bowls in history. 
Remember, it's the Seahawks one where they, Malcolm Butler got interception. Then there's the Falcons one where they're down 28 to 3 and they have the greatest comeback ever. And then last year's Super Bowl where the Patriots didn't punt, got the ball back with with a time, plenty of time to score, and it was Tom Brady who screwed up. So they played more games than anybody else. And their last game was absolutely exhausting. Of course he needed a break. So he goes through a little bit of of relationship burnout with Belichick, of sports burnout with football. And I'm and I guarantee he's got his wife saying like, "Why are you still doing this?" Cuz women don't understand why we're so crazy about sports. Non-athletes and Giselle's super successful. I she's super successful. So it doesn't mean that she's not driven. You can't be the most successful model in the history of sport without being driven. But there's a difference between being driven and being like obsessed with sports, obsessed with winning. You're just obsessed with it. And so the lack of understanding from home of, Hey, why can't you just spend time with us? All right, fine. I'll spend time with you. I'll get away from it. Now you're back. Like I I think all of these things are reasonable human things you go through, especially when you're in your forties and you got a couple kids and a wife and you have plenty of money. The most surprising thing is he didn't buy a Porsche. Don't most guys midlife crisis, balding, buy a Porsche and those awful shoes. And if some of you have them on, I apologize to you a little bit that kind of look like loafers. Only they have like, they're like dots on the bottom of them. You know, they're not like Sperry topsiders, but they're like loafers with the little, they're like little, uh, almost uh, turf spikes. You know, do you guys know what the shoes I'm talking about? I, I'm, I just, I, I can't believe, like, he didn't have to color his hair like Colin did. Remember when Colin first came to Fox? But, like, jeans with no socks, sweater, like, wrapped around your neck, hair in the wind, convertible Carrera Porsche. Like, that's, the, that's what some dudes do midlife crisis. Other guys turn their phone off and don't do football for three months. And that's what Brady did. Admitting that 18 years of relationship with Bill Belichick and it has its ebbs and flows, look! We had a fight. We hugged it out. We're still together for the kids. Okay. I'm buying what the Patriots are selling. I'm buying what Tom Brady's selling. And I think we we obsess about it and we talk about it and we think it's worse or more than it is because we're so not used to getting anything from Tom, anything from the Patriots, that anything that we do have kind of blows up. It's that time of year. Football's back, so you know where we're going. Vegas. We'll do that next in the Doug Gottlieb show. But first, you know, it's not smart using your relatives to fill in at work while you look for staff. You know what else is not smart? Making the lottery, the centerpiece for your retirement. You know, what is smart. Go into ZipRecruiter, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug and hire the right to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Powerful matching technology that scans thousands of resumes and identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job and actively invites them to apply so you get quality, qualified candidates really fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S. That's um, ratings come from a hiring site called uh, Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. Go to ZipRecruiter for free right now. Use this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter. 
the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Do you know why football is perfect? Football is perfect. It's perfect because um, Thursday night there's one game, Monday night there's one game, Saturday, Sunday. It's like it's not every day. Uh, does take 11 guys working together or 53 or 85 or whatever, 46 on game days for the NFL. Takes all of those things. It's perfect because it's not really that hard to bet on, right? Like basketball is, I think, a perfect game as well. Baseball is so much harder. Like I don't even, does anybody understand how to bet on baseball? No, but football, pretty simple, right? I mean, there's other different types of lines you can bet on, but you can bet the money line, win or lose. You can bet the spread. Hey, one team is favored to win by this many points, or you can bet the over-under. And because it occurs for the most part on weekends or in this case on a Thursday, you can set your watch to it. It's not happening every day. So you don't have to constantly be looking at the lines changing, evolving right before it gets in game time. And in our effort to fulfill all of your sports desires, we take it to Vegas. Wait till I give my money right. Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles! RJ Bell, founder of pregame.com. Pregame.com is exclusive odds provider for the Associated Press. Follow him on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. He has his own national radio show. It's a good one here on Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, 11 to midnight on Friday night, Pacific time, and uh, one hour earlier on Saturday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, Pacific time. RJ, happy football season to you. Uh, let's let's start with tonight's game, shall we? I mean, this one, to me, uh, it's a one-point spread, a one-point favorite for the defending Super Bowl champions playing at home tells me that home field's worth three points, then a neutral field, Vegas believes that the Falcons are three point are two points better. Uh, is it Nick Foles? Is it no Alshon Jeffrey? What is it that makes Vegas think that the that the Falcons on a neutral field are truly better than the Eagles? Yeah, it's always fun when there's a Vegas line, the general public just says, what? And then here's what you need to ask yourself. Are you wrong or is Vegas wrong? Chances are you're wrong. But you touched on it. This game's around Pickham in some spots, which would mean a three-point advantage for the Falcons because it is in Philadelphia. And I think it's all about Wentz versus Foles because what we're obscuring by one of the five greatest performances by a quarterback in Super Bowl history. Let's establish that. He was unbelievable, Foles was, in the Super Bowl. But if you actually look at the playoffs, he was fine prior to the Super Bowl in those two games. Remember, this very same Atlanta team had first down less than two minutes inside the 10. 
the in-game betting odds were about 60% chance Atlanta would have won that game. They were favored inside of two minutes on the road to knock Philadelphia out in the division round. How different would this narrative be if they had scored in those four downs? So it's a combination. The Falcons are mighty good with the fact that Carson Wentz is what? Between the fifth and seventh best quarterback in the NFL? Sure. And and what's false? 25 to 27? Maybe lower, but yeah. Yeah. So lower isn't better or worse? Worse. I agree. So that difference is why if Wentz were here, Eagles would be maybe four, four and a half. They're not, and it's around Pickham. All right, there's a bunch of teams I want to – I'll just I'll throw out the team's names and you give me kind of the first train of thought you have with that team uh, before we get to a couple of your picks uh, of week one. R.J. Bell, um, at R.J. in Vegas is the Twitter handle. Listen to his national radio show Friday nights and Saturday nights right here on Fox Sports Radio. What are your thoughts on the on Denver? You know, Denver finally gets Case Keenum, and they've always had this vaunted defense, but the defense wasn't as good – as advertised last year, Vance Joseph nearly gets fired. They seem to have improved offensively with Case Keenum. What are your thoughts on Denver? I'd make the case Denver had the second worst quarterback situation in the league behind Cleveland last year. Does that sound right? Sure. I, and I think here's what I know. You look at advanced sabermetrics, DVOA is one. Best quarterback in the NFL was Case Keenum. Now, it was an aberration. Now, is that an aberration that's going to become a trend? We'll see. His history, Keenum's was a journeyman starter at best, and he was amazing last year. I think undoubtedly, even if he's the 16th best quarterback, Keenum this year, it's going to be a huge upgrade for Denver. I think there's one other thing that makes me optimistic about Denver. And if you would bet their season win total, it's about seven and a half. And I actually would like the over a little bit there. And here's why. I think the defense's stats are deceiving. Because I think in the second half of the year, they lost their intensity. This is a team that's been competing for Super Bowls for a long time. And finally, it was like, we got no chance. And I think they lost that intensity. And if you look at their grades defensively, each of the games, four of their five worst games were in the second half of the year. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Denver stats are deceiving defensively. Upgrade on offense. I think Denver is a borderline playoff team. That's the voice of uh, R.J. Bell. He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, uh, a lot of people, myself included, believe Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game, but you you think he's actually slipped the last couple years. Well, the numbers say so, and these are amazing. Yards per attempt is a stat that people love, sharp guys, because it shows are you throwing downfield. The old, oh, 63% completions, yeah, but are they all screen passes? If you look between 2009 and 14. Aaron Rodgers had 8.4 yards per attempt. That's the best of any quarterback born after the Second World War. Think about that, how many quarterbacks he was the best. Now, you look from 15 onward, 15, 16, 17, obviously injured some of last year. He was under 7 yards per attempt. That ranks 25th, Doug, in the NFL over those three seasons. So he went from the best in decades to below average in the NFL. I don't think he's below average, but I think that his skill set, his ability to make plays, even though he's not on time, you know, Greg Cosell talks about that a lot, is in the NFL, they want that quarterback to be on a clock. Drop back, drop back, drop back, set, throw. He's had the physical ability not to have to be in that 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 tight pocket, uh, but 
I got to wonder if that's fading away a little bit. I think he's still top seven, no doubt. But is he clearly the first? I haven't heard the conversation that Rodgers has dropped off, but the stats certainly say he has. Last thing about Rodgers. He, one of his best attributes was the ability to run the ball when he needed to. Mm -hmm. I think he still has that ability, but does he have the willingness to do it? Because being hurt as much as he's been, you think he wants to take those hits. So if he doesn't run, it makes his game less multidimensional. RJ Bell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's get to your picks of the week. You mentioned the Packers. Take on the, the Chicago Bears, uh, the longest-running rivalry in the National Football League. Bears have a new coach. They also have Khalil Mack. But they're seven-and-a-half-point dogs heading into Green Bay. Probably my best bet of the week on Chicago. Some of it is a little pessimism on Green Bay. Some of it is the optimism on the Bears. It feels like the formula of the Rams. A young coach, offensively-minded, naggy from the Andy Reid tree. Okay, that makes a little bit of sense in regards to Andy Reid's other offensive-minded guys. And as we talked about, the boy genius, as he's called with the Rams, it feels similar in that Goff was going into his second year. All right, Trubisky into his second year. I don't necessarily buy into that, but here's what I buy into. This is an enthused team. Trading for Mac might not help them on the field this week all that much, but it's going to help their sense of, boy, the owner, the GM, the coach think it's time to win now. That kind of optimism is self-fulfilling. One last thing, and this sounds like this is going to be a wild guess. If I'm right about this, Doug, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. If not, we'll forget about it. <laughs> is <laughs> is the Bears did not do a dress rehearsal in game three. I was flabbergasted. I was on my straight out of Vegas show ranting and raving. But then I kept reading and I said, you know something? I think Nagy has a few schemes that are just truly different and innovative. He went vanilla the entire preseason. I think in game one, the Packers are going to see some stuff offensively when it comes to scheme that they never were ready for. And even if it's just one touchdown, that's a huge edge for the Bears. Chiefs uh, taking on the Chargers in L.A. A lot of people uh, pumping life into the hopes of the L.A. Chargers this season. Chiefs with a dynamic offense, but not much defense on paper. You know, I usually say cold cash over hot takes. Here's a hot take. Chargers, the most overrated team in the NFL. It's year after year. They lose a lot of close games. They lose a lot of close games. Yeah, there's a reason. This is a top-heavy team, whereas they got a lot of uh, seven, eight, ten million dollar players. So you look at the names and you say, "Wow, those are mighty good." And obviously, they got Boza and some good young players. But in the middle, this team is hollow, and uh, because they just don't have the salary cap to get decent guys to fill out the roster. Where, that- where in the, where in the middle? Well, Dur- I, I mean, Derwin James is a steal in the draft, absolute steal in the draft. They got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa as as bookend, and then on offense, you have Philip Rivers. And I, I don't love Antonio Gates at this point in his career, but he's like their sixth best weapon offensively. I don't understand where the hollow in the middle is. When I say middle, I don't mean the physical middle of the field. I mean as you get deeper and deeper into the roster, the guy, the the the, the uh, sixth lineman on the defensive side, the fifth linebacker. It's just they've got bigger. It's almost like a but fantasy a first, team. But it's the first week of the season, so they're not they they're not besieged by injuries, and they basically redshirted their first and second round picks last year in a Forest Lamp, who's not yet 
uh, not yet playing, and Mike Williams, who is playing. So if you redshirt a first and second round pick, is that a good thing or bad thing? Well, the guy tore his ACL. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and then Mike Williams was hurt half the year, but he's been a beast. So like, Football Outsiders has a ranking 1-32 to 32 on injuries. Okay. Chargers were 16th last year. So this idea, this is the same narrative, is, oh, they were injured. Oh, they lost a lot of close games. because Well, they also won hit. nine of the last 12 games. It did finish up 9-7. Nine, oh, nine no, I'm not, listen, in, you are on the majority here. And, and I mean the majority of pros. I'm taking a stand outside of that saying, I think the Chargers, the fact they're the third favorite in the AFC to win the Super Bowl, I find to be absurd. I don't like their coach all that much. And I think they're losing close games for a reason. I just don't think it's a fluke. And again, that young is, way, young way coup was their reason. That was, well, that, that was the reason. It was two of the games. That's true enough. Now, the fact is, I think even you would admit as an LA guy, they don't have much home field. No, didn't, didn't last year. Well, no. you think it's going to change this year? Yeah, it'll be better. I mean, it's yeah. not going to be, not going to be great, but it'll be better. Kansas city travels mighty well. So for this line to be three and a half, that means the Chargers have to have normal home field and be the better team. They they don't have normal home field. I don't think they're better than the Chiefs. All right, um, I'll take your money on that one. The Texans <laughs> taking on Tex- Texans taking on the Patriots. Texans a six and a half point dog against a team that they beat in New England to start last season. Yeah. So to me, Belichick is the true is the one true genius in NFL coaching, and he's willing to take a decreased chance to win in September for a max chance to win in January. And what is that? What's an example of that? He's going to play a guy in a position that he thinks ultimately he'll be starting in December, even if he's 10% worse, let's say, than the guy now, because he's thinking about December. In this division, he feels really good. He's going to make the playoffs. He's on record saying he considers September to be the extended preseason. And boy, you look at his results in the playoffs – it's hard to argue, but now's the time to look to go against them. With the Texans, if I look at the whole season, I worry about Watson's health. For one game, he's healthy. And let me ask you, where do you rate Watson 1-32 to as a quarterback as he played last year in the games he started? I mean, the two games he started, he was outstanding. He was top 10 at top ten in the league. But it was just two games. But I'm, I'm with you. I mean, Deshaun Watson, if healthy, sure feels with uh, – you know, with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL as well, it feels like the real deal. So I would say top twelve health if healthy. I agree. I think if he's healthy and he's as good as he seemed, yep. I think top seven. I think you're right. The sample size causes you to question it. Last thing about the te- uh, the Texans, I have four blended luck stats. What are luck? Turnovers, injuries, close games, strength of schedule relative to last year. Now it's quite technical, but. Trust these rankings make some sense, and some of them come from football outsiders, for example, and we blend them. Houston was the least or the unluckiest team in the NFL last year. Turnover-wise, they were ranked 28th in luck. Injuries, 29th. Close games, 26th. Strength of schedule relative to this year, 30th, meaning that it was like a crazy amount of things conspiring against them, plus Watson's injury. I think in general, and now J.J. Watt, back i think in general houston is one of the surprising teams of the year they won four games last year they're projected to win eight and a half this year four and a half is the second biggest jump behind only only the cleveland browns all right i'm gonna give you my to me this one jumped out at me is vegas is vegas is off Uh oh the bengals are three point dogs to the colts i don't understand that one like look i think luck eventually is going to get back 
but I don't love their personnel. They were they were they had the worst personnel in the league. And though the Bengals had a miserable year last year, most of that was injury. Doesn't mean I think Marvin Lewis is the greatest coach on earth, but I I I don't understand why they're three point dogs in this game. I agree. That's my fourth favorite bet of the week. It's Bears, Chiefs, Texans, and Bengals for me. And here's the thing about Andrew Luck. If you look at the preseason, now preseason doesn't mean a lot in some ways, but if you got a guy off for almost two years off, he's going to take a test drive. Less than 10% of his passes were more than 15 yards downfield. You think he'd want to see if he can throw deep. The fact he doesn't seem willing to, and the fact that Brissett is not being traded, which means I think the Colts know Luck is not 100%. And because of that, Bengals plus three. I think if he were 100%, plus three is the right line. The fact there's a chance he's not means value Bengals plus three. All right, you can check out his show. That's Friday and Saturday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. He's R.J. Bell, founder of Pregame.com. Remember, Pregame.com is the exclusive odds provider the Associated Press. He knows the Lions before the rest of the world knows the Lions. RJ, great stuff. Happy football hey, season. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Doug, real quick. Let's yes. keep a tally of our disagreement games. So we're going to put the Chiefs and Chargers yes. in it. Yes. And then we'll have some fun with it throughout the year. Yep. Chiefs, Chargers. That, that's our first one. I, Thank I went, you. That one feels really easy to me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe too easy. But maybe RJ knows something I don't. Thanks, RJ. Thanks. Let's get you to Dan Beyer. Find out what else is going on in the world of sports, including Tiger with an outstanding line. Uh, with a round, excuse me, and Ricky trying to match or better it. What do you got? Yeah, Tiger Woods, a round of 62 today in the first round of the BMW Championship. Puts him at eight under par and tied for the lead with Rory McIlroy, who is also at minus eight. Ricky Fowler, you mentioned five under par. A lot of people were watching Tiger today after he shot 29 on his first nine. Well, I made a, made a few putts today, you know, right, right out of the gate at 10, 11, just uh, well, at 10, especially. It was nice to, to make one up the hill like that and uh, you know, get things rolling and you know, shooting 29 on the front nine uh, helps. Tiger speaking with the Golf Channel after his round today in the 69 player field. Phil Mickelson plus three after his 73 tied for 66th place. Of course, tonight in Philadelphia, Eagles and Falcons starting the NFL regular season. 8.20 Eastern time. The Eagles placed wide receiver Matt Collins on injured reserve today. Some more injury news in the NFC East. Cowboys center Travis Frederick says he has no idea when he will play football again. Frederick, in speaking with reporters today, says he is still feeling numbness in his arms after being diagnosed with GBS. The Dolphins placed tenant Marquise Gray on injured reserve with a torn Achilles tendon. Tennessee has given men's basketball coach Rick Barnes a contract extension through 2024. And Boris Diaw announcing his retirement from professional basketball. Played 14 seasons in the NBA, Doug. Great passer. I actually played against him in France before he uh, before he came over in the draft, back when he was playing uh, with Michael Petrus and uh, uh, Petrus's uh, brother as well. In in uh, we we played them when I was in France for like a month and a half. It's a pretty amazing career that he had. Great passer, excellent shooter, kind of a stretch four who became kind of a thick four uh, later on in in his career. The Rams tried to make another huge move. I'll tell you about it next. Three, two, one. Coming up Friday in the Doug Gottlieb show. Coming up Friday in the Doug Gottlieb show. Coming today in the Doug Gottlieb show. Fox lead college football analyst Joel Klatt will join us. So too will Jeff Schwartz as we'll break down Thursday night football and get you ready for a wild Saturday and crazy Sunday of football. 
It's back. Only on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Well, I know what I'll be doing tonight, right? I, I Like many of you who have children, like you got kind of the kid's schedule. And I happened to see that there wasn't anything on Thursday nights, and I was like, yes. Yes. Let's get to the press. The press. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, yes, Falcons and Eagles tonight, 820 Eastern time. Eagles will unveil their Super Bowl 52 banner. Michael Kendricks won't be there to see it happening. Instead, the former Eagles and Browns linebacker, who was a member of that Super Bowl winning team in February at Minneapolis against the New England Patriots. Well, today he was in a courtroom pleading guilty to insider trading charges, faces a maximum of 25 years in prison. He will be sentenced in December. Life come at you fast, right? Oh, oh, oh. amazing. Like, I know that these things happened between 2013 and 2015 was, was the time frame. But to think of that night of how much, heck, even in the last couple of weeks of how much his life changed. But to think like, all right, when the Eagles open up the next season, this is what's going to happen to Michael Kendricks. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I don't know if it's going to be week 14 or week 15, but he'll be sentenced in like mid-December. Yep. Still no Le'Veon Bell at Pittsburgh, Doug. NFL Network reports the Steelers won't rescind the franchise tag on Bell this season. Would have allowed him to become a free agent, could have signed a long-term deal, but apparently that's not going to happen, which doesn't seem like much of a surprise. Didn't no, report not, today. Not, a, not a surprise. I think the fascinating thing is going to be when he does, uh, when he does report, and it should also be stated that I think it's super fascinating, super fascinating, that... Um, his own teammates have somehow turned on him. Like, they were all in on the plan. Like, the plan was, all right, not show up for camp and be here week one. And then we hear your agent saying, won't be here till week 10. And we're like, yo, that wasn't the plan? <laughs> we had to go to camp, and we all did so knowing that eventually you'd be here. Now you're not here? We're not down with that. I- I've never seen a team turn on its own running back like this. But it happened and speaks to the lack of relationship that Le'Veon Bell seems to have or trust he seems to have with his offensive teammate. Yeah, I think it's also weird, Doug, when Mark Ingram got popped for the four-game suspension for the Saints, one of the other themes that we said was, hey, missing four games to start the year for a running back may not be a bad thing, especially for a Saints team that's a Super Bowl contender. I know Le'Veon Bell wouldn't be in prime condition, but if he did hold out and it is over the workload issue, if you are the Steelers, maybe you would have a fresher Le'Veon Bell later on in the season. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you lose before you get a chance for it to matter, right? You yeah. get off to a bad start. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Brown's coming up on Sunday. Ram COO Kevin Demoff told the LA Times that they tried to swing a trade with the Raiders to acquire Khalil Mack. Demoff said the Raiders turned down their offer because they didn't think the first-round picks would be high enough in the draft. Yeah, I mean, the, the Rams going super, super all-in. Like, look, you can tell me how genius the Rams are, but the Todd Gurley contract a year before they had to give con- Todd Gurley a new contract made absolutely no sense to anybody in the NFL. Um, the Brandon Cooks contract, is they're massively overpaying for him. So I like that they're going for it and going for it now and not and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But we've seen that before. And oh yeah, by the way, let's find out if Jared Goff has the goods. 
He's a lot better than anyone could have thought after watching him week one, a week, uh, year one. But is he as can he carry this roster? Especially considering he's not a huge personality. He's a he's a great dude. He's a good hang. Is he a great quarterback? And how do all those egos blend in the locker room when they face adversity? Stay tuned. Do you believe in the fight for LA stuff? I know that's a no. Charger theme. I I mean, it's a marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's and, and so well, like, look the Chargers for people who don't understand. Not only were the Chargers not an L.A. team, but they play in Carson, and Carson, Compton, East Los Angeles, like, that's not even Rams territory. That's Raiders territory. That's Raiders country. It does. Those are Raider fans. And the Raiders' rival was the Chargers. So it's one thing to say, like, well, we're going to a foreign... You're not going to a foreign market. Foreign market. You're going to a market that, that has been trained to not like you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I, I I think this is just their way of, of changing the narrative and, hey, let's make the fight for L.A. But the Chargers have done it with, you know, they're doing it, walk quietly, carry a big stick, as opposed to the, the Rams trying to let everybody know they're going for it now. Yeah, and that's where I think that the, the Rams, and you look at it, maybe they're trying to, to cement their status in L.A., which I think has already kind of been cemented. And then everybody else is just I a bad I don't know if, that, if that's their idea, that's a bad plan. Yeah. Right? You know what cements your status? Win. Win a lot of games. Win, win consistently, will be yeah. fine. Yep. Adrian Peterson is going to be the starting running back for the Redskins in their season opener in Arizona against he, the Cardinals on w- Sunday. He wouldn't have taken the job if he wasn't guaranteed. You know, look, he's looked the part of a starting running back, but I don't believe uh, Adrian Peterson takes that job unless he'd been guaranteed he'd be the starter. All eyes on Philadelphia tonight. All eyes outside of Philadelphia today as Tiger Woods shot a first-round 62, shares the lead with Rory McIlroy in the first round of the BMW Championship at 8 under par. I'm going to take the... Uh, Falcons to win straight up tonight. All right. Straight up. They're, uh, that number has been shrink, shrinking. What was it? A point favorite for well, the They just got out of water. They just got out of cold water. That's why the number's shrinking. <laughs> Mets third baseman Todd Frazier. I was in the pool. Admitted he didn't catch a foul ball off the bat of Alex Verdugo in Sunday's game against the Dodgers. Frazier revealed there was a rubber ball in his glove that he spotted and grabbed when he dove into the stands and then sold the catch successfully to the umpires. The Todd father. You know the Todd Fathers from Jersey, right? That is a classic uh, Jersey move. Uh, finally, Doug, I always like to throw in college basketball when I have an opportunity. ACC announcing future conference tournament sites. Charlotte and Greensboro the next couple of seasons, we knew that. But back hey. to D.C. and Brooklyn in 2021 and 2022. Uh, Brooklyn's great. They can't get in the garden, huh? The garden is blocked off from them. That's Big East country. That's a bummer as the Big Ten got there last year. Uh, Br- Brooklyn's a great arena, a cool place to live and to hang and to go to see basketball. It ain't the garden, and MSG being on lockdown from them has to be devastating. I love it in Greensboro every year. I like that North Carolina feel when it comes to the ACC. Yeah, yeah, but I'm t- I'm telling you, like the the Big Ten tournament at MSG last year was legit. The Big East tournament at MSG, it's different. Remember, spring break, people will go there. They're not DC's not a great site. Charlotte's not a great site. Greensboro is an old classic ACC tournament site. I agree with you, but it should volley between Greensboro and New York every year. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Brian Music, who you got tonight? Give me the Falcons, Doug. Oh, taking the Falcons. All right, Dan Byer, are you taking the Falcons as well? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. We're all taking the Falcons? So wait, maybe the Eagles were right. Maybe nobody believes in them. Nobody believes in us. And I got my first bet with R.J. Bell. He likes the Chiefs against the Chargers getting three and a half points. 
Uh, I like the over and the over-under is at 48 right now between Chiefs and Chargers. There's going to be some points. I don't usually do over and under, but man, I do think the Chiefs are going to score some points, but I also think the Chargers are going to score a lot of points, especially against that defense. Uh, welcome back to NFL football season. It is here. Remember, last year was a story of injury. And the truth is, most years are the story of injury. It's not how good you are, it's how healthy you are. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.